apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Annie Mac Home is an equal housing lender. American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Annie Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 2011-2810L. Call for additional details. The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which this ain't some clown show organization or something else. Jones on first down, wide open it's Barkley, and Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this. They lob it to me. Taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Fitz, two for three. He's done his part. Fitz is drilled to deep right field toward the pole, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball. Because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the Rays, and the Rays do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Welcome to Sports Talk with RJ. I am Steve Risser, along here with Justin D'Onofrio, and the year-long saga is over. Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers next year. It looks like he's going to get a four-year, $100 million deal. That's not official yet. The terms of that contract aren't official yet. But the big the big news is Aaron Rodgers will be back with the Packers, and and, and the Packers now are right there. They're right there. They're right there with the, with the uh, 49ers. They're right there with the uh, with the Rams as, as one of the favorites to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. Uh, yesterday, they also saw, they also tagged Devontae Adams. So, as as we as we were as we were going back and forth, will Rodgers be back? Will he not be back? That question was answered yesterday. Rodgers will be back 
with the Packers. And I think it's a great day to be a Packer fan because you know that that next year you're you're gonna be you're definitely gonna be a Super Bowl contender. Now, the biggest thing is gonna be what will the final terms of this contract be? And that'll be a that'll be big because because that then that then that then the Packers will know and that we'll find that out pretty quickly because then the Packers will know next week how how to put this roster together. Uh, what do they come up? The question is, do they come up with a long term deal for Jamal uh, for Devontae Adams? What do they do with Zedarius Smith and Preston Smith? They save a lot of cap space if they get rid of those two guys. But I have a feeling that Aaron Rodgers is going to take a lower cap number. So the Packers are able to keep, you know, the, keep those two guys. They're able to keep Jari Alexander. They're even able to sign maybe uh, Devondre Campbell, and maybe they're able to sign, you know, either Alan Lazard or Marcus Valdez Scantling. So a great, great day for the Packers. And it, and and right now they're they're clearly the best team in their division, and they're right up there in the NFC with the two teams that played in the conference championship game last year, the Rams and the Niners. Justin, your thoughts on what happened with Aaron Rodgers yesterday? Yeah, uh, Rodgers coming back. Little surprise, you know, nobody had the year-long saga. And then, you know, with him this year, like, posting, like, the, you know, the last dance photo, you know. And, you know, it's great for the Packers that they're able to keep him. Again, you know, for Aaron Rodgers, I feel like, too, this year, as long as the team stay healthy, you know, there's no excuses for the team not to get the Super Bowl. You know, we'll see what the kind of the details of the contracts are, as you're saying, probably very soon, and kind of how they can kind of keep this all together. Yeah, I think, you know, Devontae Adams is – going to definitely come back because I think you know that was one of the big reasons of why he probably wants to stay in Green Bay again they you know they should win that division you know by a few games still there's still a lot of young teams you know Minnesota Chicago and Detroit but yeah you know to the Packers fans they got to be relieved that he will be staying in Green Bay and not going out to Denver or somewhere else being traded so um big day for the Packers big day for Aaron Rodgers getting a lot of money you know and the $200 million contract, again, it's well-deserved. He's been great. Again, he, you know, haven't been to Super Bowl in a while, but he's been great so far in the regular season. Again, you know, next year, definitely a very good chances without Tom Brady, win Tampa Bay anymore. You know, the NFC, they're, the, the whole NFC right now is pretty much wide open right now. You know, in the, in the I mean, for like the Packers, you know, they, they're them, because I think the Rams are probably going to lose some guys for agency. So Green Bay, it's, I, I think at the moment it's their conference to lose right now. Yeah, and as this leads us, this leads me to my question: Are the Packers the favorite in the NFC? And you kind of answered it right there, saying that they are. In my opinion, I'm still going to go with the Rams. I'm going to still go. I think it's really close. I think it's one and one A. I think it's really, really close between those two teams. And I know the Rams are probably going to lose Von Miller on that defense, but the Rams are still going to come back with Stafford. The key guys are back. Going to be back for the Rams. Stafford, the big three: Stafford, Cup. And uh, Donald, and obviously they still have Jay, even though he never, didn't have a good Super Bowl, they'll have Jalen Ramsey back too. I'm still going to go to the Rams because, and, and I think the biggest, I think the, the obviously the Packers got the better quarterback. The rosters, Rams roster, I think will probably be a little bit better, but it's but, but it's very close. But the reason why I will say it's the Rams is because of the coach, because I think Sean McVay is clearly, clearly a better coach than Matt Lafleur, even though Matt Lafleur beat him twice. He both those games, Aaron Rodgers had really, really good games, and they were in Green Bay. I think the biggest reason why I would not have the Packers as the favorite in the AFC I mean, right now, just assuming that they bring back Devontae, assuming that they bring back Zedarius Smith, the two Zedarius and Preston Smith, assuming that they re-sign Devon, Devondre Campbell. Uh, but right now, if, if they, even if they re-sign those guys, I would still have the Rams, not because of the talent, not because of their rosters, it's because of the coach. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, Sean McVay, 
definitely better than Matt LaFleur. Kind of saw the especially the special scene this year. Green Bay was horrific. Um, yeah, you know, talent right there on both sides. It is pretty equal. I know, yeah, the Rams are probably going to lose Von Miller. I do, do think Green Bay is going to get back Devontae Adams. You know, like, I, I think the Packers, I like them too to win it because I think, you know, in a division like the NFC North where, again, they should go like 6-0 and all, where something like the Rams where you still have the Cardinals and the Niners, you know, it's obviously Seattle's kind of rebuilding now. But, like, I could see the, the Rams kind of losing a couple there and that being the difference. And L.A. having to go up to Lambeau. And I know Stafford's, you know, used to that environment up in Lambeau, you know, playing there in November, December, kind of anticipating what, you know, the weather and all that. But, like, I, I think, you know, Green Bay should have home field. And I think, you know, they Green Bay, I think I at, at some point they have to get back to Super Bowl. And I think, you know, it just kind of sets up this, you know, so far it's kind of setting up this year rather than everything else in the NFC. But, yeah, you know, I think coaching comes down to, again, I can't imagine, too, like the Green Bay Packers special teams being as bad as it was last year. Like, they just, you know, there was a couple games where they absolutely lost it for them. Getting the black punt, you know, at the end of the Niners game. But I think, it, you know, it, the Rams are right there. I think, you know, the Green Bay gets help with the division that they're in. It's much easier than kind of the gauntlet. So, even though Seattle Seattle's going to rebuild, but still the Rams and the Niners. Or, I mean, the Niners and the Cardinals are still really good teams. And you made a great point there about the division. Because there's – obviously, I think Green Bay does get the number one seed again. But them getting the number one seed the last two years hasn't helped them because they didn't get to the Super Bowl. But I do think Green Bay gets the number one seed, and it's because – and it's exactly because of your point, uh, the division they're in. I mean, the NFC North is not the NFC West. You could – I mean, you could argue uh, th- three of the top four teams in the in the NFC are in the NFC West. Car- the Cardinals – and the number ers to me are the are, are two of the top four teams in the NFC in, in, in the NFC. So yeah, so the, I think yes, the, the division is definitely is definitely gonna uh, is definitely gonna help the Packers. I, I I just think it's really close between them and the Rams. But I would take the Rams just because of the coach. But but I think it, but I think overall it was really really smart for Rodgers to stay with the Packers. You saw the teams he might go to. The Broncos. He's gonna. He was. That's a gauntlet. That's a gauntlet of a division. And we'll and we'll get to the Broncos. That's a gauntlet going up. I have to go against Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert and even Derek Carr with the Raiders. And then even the Steelers having to go. If you were in that division, you'd have to go up against Joe Burrow and and uh, and Lamar Jackson. And then and then the Browns have a pretty good roster too. Um, and somebody say Rich Basach. Great point, Michael. Outstanding point there. Rich Basaccia yeah. was the, probably the most important addition that coaching staff, and he is because he's been a special teams coach for years. And he was a special teams coach when the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl in 2002. Outstanding point there. Rich Basaccia could be an outstanding, outstanding hire for, for the Packers. I, I think that's the, I, that's a great point there by Michael, that, that Basaccia. Because special, the, the reason they lost that game to the 49ers, it all came down to special teams. They make that field goal before the half, they win that game. There's no way Garoppolo is going to bring in, the, in those conditions would have brought the 49ers from down from two scores to win that game. And obviously without the block punt, the Niners don't win that game either. The Niners literally scored six points in that game in Green Bay. The reason the Packers lost to the 49ers last year was because of special teams. Yeah, the special teams just that they just self-destructed. Yeah, we, I forgot, you know, they hired Rich Pisacci as the uh, special teams coordinator. Yeah, that 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 that's a great hire. And you kind of saw what he was able to do with that Raiders team last year with all of the kind of problems they had to go through and got them to the playoffs in that division. So, yeah, I think Richard Sizey really is going to fix that special team. I think they'll be a lot better in that area. So, yeah, you know, you saw yeah, the Green Bay just self, you know, just self-imploded once again in the playoffs. And, you know, I know Rodgers was not great in that game, 
but yeah, the special teams really destroyed them. Um, and you know, and I agree too. Like I think three of the top four teams in the NFC are all in that division as well. And I probably put the Cowboys as fifth. And I think that's, you know, the Packers again, I, I think this should kind of be the year. I just can't, how many more times could they lose like this in, in the postseason? It, you know, like at some point they have to get over that hump as well. But um, yeah, I think Rich besides you, very good hire for the Packers special teams. I that was I know it was the worst unit. It what worst special teams unit in football had to probably be one of the worst special teams unit you know ever because they 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 kind of they you know blew a couple games but then also like that Bears game on Sunday night like that the Bears kind of everything they did was pretty much on special teams to keep themselves in that game like they're just kind of kept teams in the games a lot this year absolutely absolutely we gotta get to our next question obviously Devontae Adams got the franchise tag yesterday now with them with Rodgers coming back are they going to be able to sign Devontae Adams to a long-term deal and I think they are it's going to be a backloaded contract but I do think they're going to sign Devontae Adams to a long-term deal. They're, they're going to figure that out. I, I think it's, I might be, it's probably going to be a backloaded contract. I'm telling you, 2024 and 2025 are not going to look good for the Green Bay Packers because I, th- I think Rodgers' contract and Adams' contract are going to be completely backloaded. Yeah, I can totally see. I think they will keep them. You know, I, I think, that, you know, this was kind of the big thing that, you know, if he's, if, if Adams wouldn't be able to be here, I think, you know, Rodgers wanted to. I mean, Kind of vice versa. If, if Roger and Beer Adams wanted to kind of stay here, I think they would figure something out. I think that dude wants to get, you know, get another Super Bowl. Um, and he's been one of the top weapons, you know, in football, one of the top wide receivers in the game the last couple of years. I think they will. Yeah, it's going to be backloaded again. When, yeah, as you mentioned, when these two, you know, when Rogers probably ends up retiring or goes somewhere else in a few years to maybe finish it out and, you know, Adam's contract's up. Yeah, it's probably going to be a long kind of maybe. You know, maybe a situation like the Saints, where they're just kind of in cap prison right now, where they, you know, something like that right now. Yeah, it's it's you know, again, I think it's probably well worth it. They can get a Super Bowl or two out of this, but like if not, it's you know that again, the Packers fan base is going to be very tough on the Packers fan base. Oh, I, oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Because you yeah, know, they're they're go they're next year. They're under more pressure than any team to win the Super Bowl because they are completely going all in. I, I, I guarantee you that. I think that Campbell's going to get re-signed. I think they're gonna, both, both Rodgers and Adams are going to take very, very – their have cap hits are going to be really low next year because they're going to go all in to win that Super Bowl. That's, I think that's what the Packers are going to do. So, yeah, I think those cap hits are going to be – their cap hits are going to be – their cap numbers are going to be really, really low. So they're going to be able to sign Campbell. And they're going to be able to, you know, keep Sidarius Smith and Preston Smith. So I think, and Jari Alexander. So I think, and either Lazard or Valdez Scanling. So I think those, uh, those those cap hits are going to be really, really low for, uh, for the Packers next year. So to me, this team is clearly under the most pressure to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. They they definitely are. And yeah, I think it's probably something where they're going to go all in like the Rams that they did this year. You know, again, if there's like that, you know, where that opportunity like a Von Miller like last year for the Rams and kind of having that opportunity to pick somebody up at a trade deadline if they have the cash. You know, I, I think they'll be able to do that, trying to sign some guys with like a one-year contract, you know. Again, do they try to go out and go get an OB? I know OBJ's hurt. You know, who knows when he's going to come back from the 20 ACL. Do they try to take a chance on OBJ, maybe try to sign him for the year, you know, if he's healthy enough before this, you know, close – to ready in the regular season, you know, taking a chance on him to get like a number two wide receiver. I could see it. I absolutely do think that this Packer team's going to go all in. I think that's probably what Rodgers wants. I think, you know, 
long as this team's going to kind of try to compete for a Super Bowl and as long as they try to keep, you know, guys in there, as long as they're going to kind of work with them to try to build a roster, you know, because I think Rodgers probably going to have a say as well and kind of who, for especially on the offense, who kind of he wants to come in. Um, I really, Michael's comment, I really think the Packers release uh, Zedaria Smith. He's he's an injury problem. Gary Gary has shown a huge upside. And that's, and that's another great point by Michael there. Zedaria Smith missed a bunch, bunch of games last year. Rashawn Gary, a guy they took in the first round in 2019, he really stepped up last year. I definitely think this defense, it could definitely live without Zedaria Smith. So, yeah, I think that's a great point by Michael. That team was clearly the, a Super Bowl contender last year without Zedaria Smith. He is a major – he's a major – they say they save – they save cap space, releasing him. I very easily could see the Packers releasing Zedaria Smith. Yeah, to save money, to kind of, I think, you know, we'll kind of find out what the cap situation is, you know, when this all comes out in the next week or so and with Adams and all that. So, yeah, you know, Gary was a guy that I thought was like a top tie because they got him, you know, mid late first round. And I thought he's a guy that top five, top 10 talent. It was just, you know, his, um, you know, it, it was at times where kind of laziness and all that. And, you know, you know, can he make a big impact at times? At times he kind of disappears. And, you know, th- this year kind of showed you that he's a, he could be a top guy at, at the um, at the linebacker spot. And he had a really good year. And, yeah, you know, I think, you, you know, yeah, Zayer Smith has been able to – they would save $16 million by 16 million by cutting him. That's why I would – I mean, I Zayer Smith is a really good player. But but he's let's, – let's be real. He's not a T.J. Watt. He's not a Miles Garrett. He's not a Nick Boza. If you if you if you if you end up releasing him, it doesn't make your defense that it doesn't make your defense that much worse. And even without him last year, their defense was pretty good. So yeah, I, I I'm definitely in agreement with Mike that it wouldn't be a bad move for them to to cut Zedaria Smith. No, absolutely not. Not that you know, not what you saw with Gary, and you kind of saw that he's got he's going to be a very good player at this at the NFL level. Um, he was a number one overall recruit coming out of high school. So yeah, you know the talent's there, and I think the Packers faithful finally you know saw that this year. So yeah, with Smith being injured, you kind of, yeah, they didn't really have much of a downgrade. So I'd be okay with that. And I think, you know, again, same 16 million with all the kind of other pieces you got to bring back, I think it's probably going to be the move the Packers are going to have to make. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So yesterday with the Packers keeping Rodgers, the big question now is, is what do they do with Jordan Love? And I think they have to, they have no choice. They have to trade Jordan Love. And Joe made, Joe made a really good point on Keys to the City yesterday. They, they should definitely do it before the draft because if they can get a fourth round pick, for, for keeping it, you keep Aaron Rodgers, then you get some value for that. That would be really, really big for the Packers. So I think they they, sh- they should definitely trade Jordan Love. And there's seven teams that there's seven teams they could trade Jordan Love to. You, you got you got teams like the Panthers. You got teams like the Saints. You got teams like the, you got the teams like the Seahawks. You saw yesterday them trading Russell Wilson. You got the Browns and Steelers and the Colts. You got a bunch of teams. You got a bunch of uh, a bunch of teams that that could uh, use. Uh, that could that could get that they could trade Jordan Love to, and we got another comment from Michael Douglas is a concern for me after the season he had last year. They need him in the secondary. They do, but I also think Jari Alexander is really good. I know he missed some games last year, but Jari Alexander is really good. But he did get hurt, so I think that's a good point. I didn't. I was not a big Rasul Douglas fan until last year, but he did have a really good year, so that could that could be a concern for them. Yeah, absolutely. He had you know he did have a nice year, kind of. Uh... Had a little surprise of a year. I know, yeah, Alexander's been hurt a bit. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think it's a solid piece for them in the back end. You know, if they were able to keep him, that's, that's um, you know, it'd be really good. But, yeah, I know it. there's so much kind of going on right now with the Packers and trying to keep everybody. So, yeah, you know, um, 
again, it'd be really good if they could say uh, keep Douglas, but yeah, I know there's a chance. Yeah, it could 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 hurt maybe their secondary a little bit. They do lose them. Oh, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So now going back to Jordan Love and looking at the teams that that could trade for Jordan Love, you look at you look at uh, the Colts, the Browns, the Steelers, the Commanders, the Panthers, the Saints, the Seahawks. I think there's there's two teams that would be pretty pretty you know that really should trade for him. I think it's the Colts because they because of Carson Wentz, and I also think it's the Steelers because look at what they have at quarterback. Uh, so the Colts are not in love with Wentz, and the, and the Steelers. Uh, they, they look at what they have: Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. So I think those are the top two teams that should trade that 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 will that's probably top two destinations. But the Packers, I think right now, definitely have to trade love. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I don't know if you saw the tweet from Jim Nagy, that um, NFL scout. He said he was hitting up a few NFL scouts yesterday about the potential asking price. And he, you know, they said that the Packers could get a second rounder out of Jordan Love. Yeah, because there, and, there's going to be there's yeah. going to be desperation. There's going to be desperation from teams like the Steelers and and if the and if the Colts, you know, just seeing what the Colts do with Wentz, there could be desperation from the Colts. There could be desperate teams, especially close to the draft. There could be really, really desperate teams that need a quarterback that could definitely trade for Love. And then Love was a first round pick. It was a horrendous pick by the Packers to take him when they did. But still, he's a first round pick. That's why his asking price might end up, yeah, might up, might end up being pretty high. Yeah, absolutely. You know, because I again, I don't, I know the first game he played at Kansas City. Again, he was put in a really tough spot, and I, I, you know, again, I can't base it all on that. I know he looked horrible, but I do think there's upside with him. You know, it's pretty much like the Jimmy G situation in New England. You know, again, I think you know Bill wanted to get rid of Brady. Or, I mean, Kraft wanted to kind of keep Brady to kind of that rift there. Again, I know Rodgers, they kind of think, you know, again, they could have T. Higgins and they drafted Jordan Love. And, you know, you got to trade him at some point. I know that sounds like the Packers are, like, not really treating him at the moment. But, yeah, I think the longer you wait, the the, the more value you're going to lose on him. If you can get a second rounder out of him, I think that's a huge bonus for a guy that's kind of been on your bench the last few years. A- again, you know, you, you wasted really a first-round pick on him because, you're not going to wait till year seven to use them. That's just, again, it, you know, there's no point of doing that. So, yeah, I think the Packers have to trade him sooner or later. And I think you're right. There are some desperate teams. Again, Steelers have a lot of round, especially on the defensive end. Again, we've kind of seen what Mason Rudolph's been able to do. He's not great. You know, it sounds like the Colts are done with Carson once. I think, yeah, absolutely another spot. They can go try to build a quarterback, you know, in Indianapolis. So, I think, yeah, those are two really good landing spots for Jordan Love. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So it was a terrible, terrible pick by the Packers. They could have had T. Higgins or Michael Pittman as a number two. So it was a terrible pick. But the Packers right now, they got to trade him. And uh, and here's another comment from Michael. I think the Colts are sold on Sam Ellinger. I'm hearing a lot of buzz saying he's the best fit. We'll see there. We'll see. I'm I'm not sold on Sam Ellinger. If I'm I, I, if I'm if I'm I'm taking I'm taking Jordan Love over Sam Ellinger right now. I'm I'm sorry. I'm taking Jordan Love over Sam Ellinger. But that but that. We'll worry about that when 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 it comes when it comes time. We'll probably talk about that more next week. But we got to get to the we got to get to another big story yesterday. And for the Broncos, they were all in on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes the entire the, the, since 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 the uh, since uh, since draft night of last year when he said he wanted out of uh, when he wanted out of Green Bay. That was probably a big reason why instead of taking Justin Fields or Mac Jones, the Broncos drafted Patrick Sertan because they were confident that they were they were going to get Aaron Rodgers, but. Aaron Rodgers decides to stay. Broncos. It was a tough. It was a tough two hours in Denver. But then a couple hours later, they end up trading for Russell Wilson, a blockbuster deal. The Broncos get Wilson. They trade Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first round picks and two second round picks. And I, I think the Broncos. I think this was a move they gave up a lot, 
but this does make the Broncos Super Bowl contenders. I don't think they're better than Kansas City because of this move, but I do think it does make them Super Bowl contenders. I think they're better than the Raiders, and I think they're arguably better than the Chargers. And, and obviously, a big reason for that is because I'll pour the Chargers head coaches. But but I think they're the, I think they're arguably the second best team in the AFC. I have them as a playoff team. I went through their schedule before the show. I got them winning. I got them winning eleven games, so I think they're a 10-11 win team. Uh, um, their, their defense is going to get a little bit worse because of a uh, because you know because they don't have Vic Fangio and they got Nathaniel Hackett. But this will be a much a much better team offensively. Uh, you've got Russell Wilson, a top ten quarterback. You got Javante Williams, who I think has potential to be a top ten running back. You have two. Re- you, have two you have depth the receiving at the receiver position with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Uh, I think this Broncos team offensively is going to be markedly better. A little bit worse defensively, but I think they're good enough defensively to be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, I think the Broncos, you know, again, it's a loaded AFC now. Again, I know we've kind of talked about it, you know, with the Bengals, Ravens, you know, Bills, Chiefs now. Uh, you know, Tennessee's kind of there as well. So, yeah, they, again, I, I think they they're out. They can be. Again, Russell's not getting any younger. And, that you know, the offensive line, I know it's a little better than it was at Seattle. Denver's old line is. It's still not great. I know we kind of injured last year and all that. Um, and I, you know, and again, the last couple of years, I think kind of, you, you just kind of saw Seattle's offense. It wasn't the same. I don't know if it's because of the new offensive coordinator or what, and just, you know, the scheme just didn't really fit. Um, you know, maybe, you know, a different kind of scheme this year where he's to be running Denver helps him kind of get his numbers back up there. But yeah, you know, the young talent that they have, you know, again, I think they, you know, you're going to see Jerry Judy get unleashed this year. I think Tim Patrick's a very good underrated wide receiver. You know, KJ Hamler, I liked him at Penn State, but he like he just hasn't been able to stay on the field in you know the last couple of years. And then Javante Williams, I I'm with you. I think he's gonna be a solid running back in this league. So there's a lot of offensive talent that again they kind of tried to build up and just never worked with Drew Locke and you know they and Teddy Bridgewater they tried kind of filling in there. So I really do like this Broncos team. Again, it's a loaded division. Because like even the Raiders are a playoff team last year. And again, and now I think you know, with bringing Josh McDaniels. Again, you know, I think it's a is a bit of an upgrade too at the coaching. So it's just a loaded division. It's gonna be a gauntlet. And I, I could see, you know, the Broncos kind of getting there. Again, it's tough to go up the mile high and go play there. You know, could Bradley Chubb stay healthy on the defensive end too? I know they're gonna lose some guys too, but like Chubb really hasn't been healthy. And again, when he is though, he he can take a game over. So I think it's a big thing for Denver. But yeah, I think Denver finally got a quarterback and you know, first time in six, seven years since Peyton Manning and even by then, it was like Peyton Manning was kind of washed and the defense was was there. But, again, they've gone through 11 guys since Peyton Manning retired. So they finally got their guy. And, you know, I, I think the Broncos are a playoff team and definitely could make a run because you have a guy, a guy in Russell Wilson that does have experience of winning a Super Bowl. And you talked about how tough the AFC West is. And the question and the question right now is, is are they the best team in the AFC West? And I, I, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. And, and here's – and here's my reason why. I think I, everybody talks about how good this defense is. And oh, they say, oh, you had a quarterback. They're better than the Chiefs. That's not the case. I think this defense drops off this year because of losing Fangio and adding Nathaniel Hackett. And you have a first-year first defensive coordinator. I like the talent in the secondary with Justin Simmons and Patrick Sertan. But the talent in the, in, the front, in the front seven is questionable. So I think the defense will be a little bit worse. That's, 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 that's a reason why I don't think they're the best team in the, in the AFC West. Another reason is. Yes, this team won seven games last year. But if you look at their seven wins, five of those wins were against the Giants, 
the Jets, the Lions, the Jaguars, and the Commanders. Those were five of those seven wins. They went one in five in, in the division. They were beaten pretty good by the Raiders twice. They were beaten, but they were beaten. I I think they were beaten. Uh, I don't know. They were beaten. They were beaten. I know that one of the games against Kansas City was close. They were beaten twice by the Chiefs. They only won one game in the division. So I still think that this Broncos team, I, I, I like this roster, but I don't think the roster is great. So that's why I would say that the Broncos, their defense will be won't be as good. I think it'll it'll, it'll still be good enough. But I do think the Chiefs are still better than the Broncos. I don't think they're the best team in the AFC West. But Justin, do you think the Broncos are the best team in the AFC West trading for Russell Wilson? Oh, yeah, 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 you got it. Yeah, I get the uh, Chiefs as well. Yeah, you know, I think the defense takes up back again. I, you know, and you mentioned the way they kind of trailed the division. The Raiders kind of got on twice. Yeah, it was a week. Um, the week eighteen game, the Chiefs kind of hung. There, I mean, the Broncos hung in there, and the Chiefs kind of got a late score. Um, and even like the Sunday night game, they, the Denver tried to kind of take the ball away from home. But yeah, like, you know, I need to kind of first year head coach kind of worries me too. like kind of seeing that. Like, how does he kind of do in a very tough division? You know, how does he kind of handle that? I know, again, yeah, he can't get any worse than his, you know, division partner there, Brandon Staley. But you never know. Um, so, again, that kind of worries me a bit. You know, can these weapons tend to stay healthy on offense? You know, can the line protect, you know, Russell Wilson enough? You know, again, I don't expect Kansas City to get off that bad of a start as they did last year. Again, I guess it's possible. No, and that's a good point. They're not – I think they were – they kind of have that Super Bowl hangover. They're not going to get off to a bad start. I guarantee you that. No, you know, they shouldn't. Especially the way it ended for them last year. I think they come out for redemption. So, I think, you know, they they should be able to get that one. And then they're – and then the crossover, too, is they got to play the NFC West. And – Again, that's not going to be easy. I know he goes back to Seattle. That again, you know, that game's not going to be easy. So again, those are three, you know, three, four tough games you got against that those teams. So I think it's, you know, I think it's going to be tough for this Broncos team to win the division. I think they make the playoffs, but again, you got to probably, you know, at least go like three and three in division. At least try to get a split against everybody. At least try to win like the three division home games. I think you kind of feel good about yourself, but to try to get you know get in the playoffs. But I don't think they'll able to win this division i think the next question is are they super bowl contenders and i think personally they are because i went I, th- I think their defense as i said i don't think it'll be as good but i think it'll be good enough i like the weapons on offense and obviously they have a top they have a top 10 they have a top 10 quarterback so i do think they are a super bowl contender even though i i think that the bills the the, the chiefs the Bengals, the ravens and the titans are all better than them I do think they are a Super Bowl contender. I looked through their schedule, as I said earlier. I got them winning. I have. I got them going eleven and six. And you talked about, you know, their their, their schedule. Uh, if you look at some of the games that no AFC West teams play, they do have to go to the Ravens, and that'll be a tough game. But there's two games on that schedule, which I think are probably two automatic wins. They host the Jets, and then they go to the Panthers. So those are two games that neither of the teams in the West play. So I think that's gonna that's gonna help them playing those two games. So I think I think they are a Super Bowl contender with Russell Wilson, but I don't. But, but I don't think they're the best team in the division. But I do think with Wilson now and a and a pretty good defense and pretty good weapons, I do them as a, as a Super Bowl contender. As we saw this year, if you can get in the tournament like the Bengals, you can make a run. Yeah, absolutely. And I see Michael's, Michael's comment. I think this is going to be a feeling out season for Wilson, Hackett, and the Bronx in general. I could totally see that. I, I could see that being a possibility with. Again, you know, you got a first-year head coach. 
you know, you got a new scheme for Russell Wilson. You got a lot of young kind of weapons that you kind of got it you know, chemistry with, you know, like I could see like the Broncos kind of getting off to a, a slow start and then maybe finishing hot, you know, kind of finishing the year off hot, you know, kind of sneaking in. Um, you know, I think it all kind of depends, you know, of how kind of, how will they come together, you know, in the off season, how the chemistry kind of works and, you know, like what, you know, we don't really know too much about Hackett so far being a head coach, you know, we don't know what to expect out of him. So I, I think it's possible. I think, you know, there's a lot of talent around. I, I could totally see them getting off to a slow start and maybe kind of go mediocre. I think they'll then continue saying, I think they'll be a lot better in 2023. I think it's it's totally very possible. Another second year, they can get a lot better. Uh, the schedule probably get tougher. As you mentioned, you know, Steve, the schedule's going to get a lot tougher because, yeah, because they get like the fourth place teams in, our divi- in all their divisions. So they kind of get rewarded for that. That probably won't be the case in 2023. So their schedule's probably going to be a bit tougher 2023. But yeah, you know, two, second year with Wilson in the scheme, I, I think, you know, they could totally be better in 2023 than maybe this upcoming year. And here's two, here's my argument about it's going to be a feeling out season. Was uh, Brady's first season with the Bucks a feeling out season? No, they won the Super Bowl. Was Stafford's, was Stafford last year, was that a feeling out season? Uh, they No, they won the Super Bowl. So, I, I, that's my argument to the to, to, to that. Now, uh, Brady clearly went to a better situation with with, with, with for going from the Patriots to the Bucks, and then Stafford went to a got put in a much better situation going from the uh, going from the Lions to the Rams. The question is: Is the Seahawks ro- is the is the Seahawks roster that much worse than the Broncos? And I think the Broncos have a better roster, but not that much better of a roster. So I could see your point with it being a feeling out here. That, that's where I could see your point. But where I disagree with your point is for Stafford and Brady, they won Super Bowls th- their first years with those teams. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, too, for me, one of the, you know, it could kind of be one of those years is, um, is like a first kind of year head coach, you know. That, I, you know that, like that, Stafford, that's what Michael just said. They okay, also had yeah, proven yes. head coaches yeah. with a lot of experience. That's a great point. And Nathaniel Hackett is not a proven head coach with experience. Yeah, that kind of, you know, I think that's something, yeah, I think don't work early. Again, like the Bucs didn't work early last year. Again, it took them till after that bye. It was what, like the Giants Monday night game? Like, they, you know, that was kind of like the tipping point for the Bucs to kind of get going. You know, so like, I, I, you know, I could totally see it. It just, I I think, you know, and the Bucs and Rams too had kind of a lot of like veteran guys at the weapons, you know, at the wide receiver. You know, like Jerry Judy's a year two guy. Corton Sutton, you know, fifth year. Um, you know, KJ Hamlet's third year. Patrick's like his fifth year. Um, Albert O's, you know, you'll be year three. So, like, you know, they kind of got a couple younger guys than some of the weapons that Brady and Saver had around them. Again, it helps that you bring in a leader like West, Russell Wilson. And they don't have, you know, and I know they don't have as weird of an offseason as like the Bucks did two years ago. And they really, you know, again, they really get to kind of, practice together till August so yeah you know I think that the head coaching experience I think is a huge part of it too because yeah you just don't, you don't know what you're gonna get out of um Hackett you don't really kind of know yet so I, I think that yeah, the head coaching kind of is a big part of why I think you know it, it could be a down year in general it's, it's a lot of you know for even the coaching staff of kind of figuring out of what kind of works kind of how to you know how to deal with it you know deal with all kind of the um, new ways here of kind of being in the Broncos organization. 
Exactly, exactly. It's going to be really interesting. going to be really, really fun to watch this NFC West with the quarterbacks. And we'll say, assuming Derek Carr stays with the Raiders, it's going to be re- a lot of fun watching these two quarterbacks with Derek Carr, with, with uh, obviously Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. It's going to be really, really – the NFC West is going to be a, a, lot of, a lot of fun this year. But we got to move on to the Cowboys. And uh, yesterday they franchised Dalton Schultz. But the big, the big uh, news for the Cowboys is, is they're planning to release Amari Cooper. And the big question is, is are they a better team without Amari Cooper? And I, I don't think, I don't think they are. I, I definitely don't think the Cowboys are because look, look at Dak Prescott. He's twenty-eight since Amari Cooper came in two thousand eighteen. They traded for him. He's twenty-eight and sixteen. The Cowboys averaged 28 points a game, and his passer rating is, 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 is 102. When they don't have Amari, the game, they didn't have Amari Cooper when he, when he was with the Cowboys. They were three and six. They averaged 20 points a game. They only averaged 20, so they were down eight, a touchdown a game, and uh, his quarterback rating significantly dropped to 86. So I think, I think uh, the, Cow, the Cowboys are definitely not a better team. With, I think the Cowboys are not a better team. Oh, without Amari Cooper, I I I think the Cowboys are going to get worse next year because I think they're probably going to sign Michael Gallup, but I do think they're going to be worse without Amari Cooper. Uh, so 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 yeah, I I think they're I think they're worse. Uh, Justin, are the Cowboys a better team without Amari Cooper? With the number you said, I think they are as well. Um, you know, it kind of seems like you, and I know Cooper's not a one, but like again, he's a good number two. I feel like I think he's a good kind of um another weapon there. With the CD Lamb, McGallop, you know, the Dalton Schultz, like I, I think he's a solid to wide receiver. Um, and with the numbers you kind of mentioned, they, the drop off, I, I do think the Cowboys are going to end up being um, a little bit worse than they were this year because you do lose a, a very good wide receiver. And again, it now it sounds like they may try to trade him, but if you're going to cut him, you're not going to get anything for him. Again, that you know, I think could be a could be a loss to Dallas, and it's it's you know. Um, with the numbers again, I know at times he's kind of had some drops and kind of battled an injury or two, but again, I, I do think the, the Cowboys are far, I, I the, the Cowboys will be worse without Amari Cooper this year. He's not with the team. You know what, what really the biggest reason why they're going to have to release Cooper is that terrible contract with Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, they gave a Z three years ago, that huge contract. If they cut him this year, they'd have to own 30 million to be 30 million in dead money, it was a that Ezekiel Elliott contract is the reason why the Cowboys are going to have to uh, release Amari Cooper. Yeah, you know that that was a bad, you know that totally turned into like a bad one, bad contract because it's like Pollard's kind of been you know really good. They've kind of bounced off each other. They've used a lot of Pollard too. Elliott has not been the same guy. Um, yeah, that's kind of the problem with paying wide receivers. I hate to say it, but is something the Cowboys are doing right with Cooper. The Giants are trying to restructure Shepard for him. To miss game Dallas is doing it right just to cut him I don't know about um, that I don't know about that that Dak was not is not the same quarterback without him I'm telling you he's not the same quarterback without him in 2018 when Cooper came it, it made a difference yeah I'm not saying Cooper's you know on that Devontae Adams DeAndre Hopkins you know Jamar Chase Justin Jefferson level but he's 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 Dak's favorite receiver and I'm telling you I think I, I mean I think it's going to make this team. I'm not going to think it's going to make them significantly worse, but it might make them you know a game or two worse, you know, because they're because yeah, I mean yeah, I know losing a wide receiver doesn't make you that much worse. But look at Dallas's schedule, and we talked about schedules, talking about the Broncos and the Packers. We talked about schedules. Dallas this year has a first place schedule because they won the division. They're going to have to play you know the two teams that played in the Super Bowl, and nobody in the NFC East plays those two teams. 
They're going to have to play the last two Super Bowl champions in the Bucks and the Rams, and they're going to have to play the Bengals. No other team in the NFC East plays, plays those teams. So, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, th- I think I, I definitely think the Cowboys are worse, and you got to count for Michael. Chris Olave possibly. Yeah, no, I can see the Cowboys going there, but you're relying on a rookie. You're, 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 you're now relying on a rookie. Uh, that you're taking late in the first round to be your best option at receiver when you had your best option at receiver on your team. So I definitely think the Cowboys are worse. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. And, and you saw that opening night game at Tampa Bay. He targeted him 17 times. He had 13 catches, 140 yards. You know, you kind of saw, you know, even the um, playoffs, he, he targeted Dak, targeted him 10 times. You know, he's one of his favorite, yeah, he's one of his favorite receivers. You know, the numbers you say too, it, it does seem like a drop off. Um, and yeah, you know, it does seem like that's been Dak's kind of guy the last couple of years. So it's yeah, one of those things that bad contracts kind of poor, you know, gets them in that situation. And you know, they gave up a lot for him, but yeah, he came in, had an impact, helped the team out. And yeah, it's not a great situation. You know, again, it's as you mentioned, they gave CD the 88. It was bound to happen eventually. CD was going to become the wide receiver. Listen, that means nothing. That means absolutely nothing. They, uh, what, what they what they gave a guy. It doesn't matter if you give a guy a certain number. It the, what matters is, is the chemistry you have between the quarterback and the receiver. And Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott had that chemistry. So I, I, I mean, I mean, uh, th- th- that's why I think this is a bad one. It's not because they gave Ceedee Lamb number eighty-eight is why they, 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 this was eventually going to happen. It's it, the reason this is happening is because of his cap number. The Cowboys saved sixteen million in cap space, and if the Cowboys did the right thing and not gave Ezekiel Elliott that terrible contract, they wouldn't be in this situation right now. So the re- the reason why it's not because they gave him number eighty-eight. The reason why is because he. he they save sixteen million in cap space if they make this move, and they're way over the cap, so they had they had to free up cap space. Yeah, you know it's business. You know, yeah, Elliot just, you know, yeah, that Elliot contract is horrible. I know they just restructured Dax and um Zach Martin. Yeah, Zach Martin. You know, like yeah, they kind of you know they they're kind of tied up right now in contracts, and you know they probably at some point yeah you know they got it signed CD Lamb, and you know it, yeah you know again the Cowboys just. Yeah, they kind of just, you know, kind of imprison themselves there. And C.D. Lamb, I, I do think C.D. Lamb's going to be a really good wide receiver guy. I know he's kind of the drop problems at times, and but I, I think C.D. Lamb's going to be really good number one. But yeah, you lose a guy like Cooper, it kind of hurts that wide receiver. You know, that wide receiver room there. He's been there and veteran guy. I yeah, I think it's a I think it's a tough move. And you know, going back to schedules as you mentioned. Yeah, you know, last year they played a third place schedule and they, they kind of, you know, were able to kind of use that and kind of, you know, for a weaker schedule and they were able to kind of feed off that. Yeah, you know, the Rams this year, next year, Bucks, Cincinnati. They, 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 yeah, it's not going to be easy. And to lose a guy like that, Chris Olivo, I know he had a really good combine. So maybe somebody scoops him up before 24 as well. Cooper to the Chiefs or Chargers. I can see both those happening. Especially, I mean, but I don't know about the Chargers. They just we'll talk about that. They just signed Mike Williams. I don't know about that. I could see, you know, teams got to be in, involved. We'll talk about this as your team. I could see maybe the Jets being in play for Amari Cooper. So we'll 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 see where he ends up going. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love the Patriots to have him. I know he may not be a one, a great one, but I, I take him with Bourne and um, you know, because sounds like we may get rid of Aguilar, so we. Need another one. I'd I'd be fine with Amari Cooper and all the Alabama guys. Kind of talk about they would like to play with Mac again. So the draft. So hopefully they pick up him and maybe one of the Alabama wide receivers in the draft would be great. 
Yeah, we'll 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 see where we'll see where Cooper ends up going. But we're going to stay with wide receivers. We're going to talk about, quickly talk about the Chargers. They signed Mike Williams to a three-year, sixty million dollar contract, and and I think it's a little bit too much. But you got to keep you want to keep the continuity there with 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 him and Justin Herbert. And Keenan Allen's getting a little bit old, so maybe he's their number one receiver in the future. Yeah, you know, Mike Williams had a you know best year receiving wise, reception. I mean, reception wise, touchdown wise. You know, they got involved, big red zone target. So, yeah, I think for Herbert, you know, it was like him and Allen. So, I think, you know, yeah, maybe it's a little overpriced there. But I think it was a good idea there for the Chargers to kind of keep him around with him and Allen. Yeah, so now, so now we'll move on to guys that were franchised yesterday. Other guys were franchised. Uh, Chris Godwin from the Bucks. you know, the second year in a row they're franchising him, but, you know, trying to hang on to him, you know, try, you know, weak division. They still, even without Tom Brady, definitely have a chance to win that division, even though they don't know who their quarterback's going to be yet. Orlando Brown with the Chiefs. When you have a division like this, you got to protect your quarterback. Orlando Brown had a really good year for the Chiefs. They traded a first-round pick for him. It makes sense that they they tag him and sign him to a long-term deal. Uh, Jesse Bates of the Bengals, one of their better defensive players, uh, had the interception in the Super Bowl. So it, it made sense the Bengals franchised him, and they got cap space, so that made sense. Mike Gusecki. You know, you want to keep those weapons for Tua. Him, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Parker want to keep those weapons for Tua. Uh, David Njoku, that one was a little that, – that one, that one kind of confused me. I know the guy's got talent, but he really hasn't lived up to it with the Browns. So, uh, yeah, th- those are the guys who got franchised. Justin, your thoughts on those guys? Yeah, Chris Grywin, I know, coming off the ACL, you know, he's been solid again. Who know, Yeah, who knows who that quarterback's going to be. But with the talent around at the wide receiver position – you know, I think the Bucks in that division should be hanging around whoever that tight there, whoever gets the quarterback job there. So um, you knew that guy was going to get tagged. Then Michael's comment, he's going to have to prove he can't get hurt. Absolutely, and total Browns move the franchise tag IR regular from Jays. Exactly, absolutely, exactly, exactly. You know, you know, and and you thought that regime was changing with with Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, but it's 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 looking like it's not changing there. No, and I know like they like the three tight end set, but like. Njoku, I know he wanted to get traded last August. You know, I, I guess that's gone. I know you have Harrison Bryant, but like you can kind of find a third tight end in the draft or somebody cheap. I, I yeah, you can find a third tight end cheap, more cheaper than maybe Njoku. So yeah, that was an odd one that they did franchise tag him. Uh, you know, the guy, or, Orlando Brown. I think yeah, you know, three straight Pro Bowls for him. You did give up a first rounder. Again, you kind of saw that cheats off the line struggle two years ago especially in the Super Bowl. So I think it was a good move to protect them. As you mentioned, yeah, the Broncos kind of with their pass rush. Raiders have one of the best, you know, front fours in, in the league. And, um, you know, the Chargers with Bosa too. So, yeah, you got to protect your tight end. I mean, your quarterback. Mike Gusecki, you know, he's a capable weapon. We'll see, you know, um, you know, he had his career best 780 receiving yards, trying to kind of, yeah, form something there for two. We'll see what the new scheme is there that Mike McDaniel will – bring in for um for the Niners Jesse Bates had a good year big part of that defensive why they kind of got the Super Bowl didn't as you mentioned got the um good playmaker to get a pick in the in the um Super Bowl as you mentioned yeah it's, you know they had they had the space to kind of resign or franchise tag them they'll keep them and you know it's a good move for a team trying to get back there trying to get over the hump and wants to kind of get back to the Super Bowl and try to win it this time Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we got to go to a player who wasn't franchised from your team, and that's J.C. Jackson. And here's what the Patriots need to do. If they're not going to franchise J.C. Jackson, you either give him a long-term deal or go out and get a wide receiver. 
you're going up against Josh Allen twice a year. You either got to stop, have a guy that could, you know, that could, you know, contain him so, and, and, and lock up, uh, and lock up Stefan Diggs, or you have a playmaker on your offense that could help Mac Jones keep up with Josh Allen. So the Patriots going into this offseason, they need to either get a free agent wide receiver or they need to re-sign J.C. Jackson. And I know this whole, oh, we're going to – and I know they developed J.C. I know he he was undrafted. But when are the Patriots going to stop with not prioritizing on talent and thinking their system works? They have not won a playoff game in three years. And, yes, during their dynasty, they had two Hall of Famers on defense – with Tylon Richard Seymour and the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, and, and a hall, even though he didn't, and even though he didn't play that much, a Hall of Fame tight end. So this organization needs to stop not prioritizing on talent and uh, start getting some because the problem is if you look at the NFC, if you look at all seven teams that are going to be competing with the NFC. They either have a great skill, a great receiver in the passing game, or a, a a top quarterback. You look, you look at the Chiefs. They got Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. You look at the, the Bills, who they're, who's their top, who's, who's the team they're going to be competing against. They got Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. You look at you look at, at, at the Ravens. They got Lamar Jackson, a quarterback that is clearly better than than yours. You look at the Titans. They got A.J. Brown, who is who you could have had in 2019, who's much better than any receiver you have on your team. You look at the Cincinnati Bengals. They got Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. You look at now the Denver Broncos. They got Russell Wilson, and they got depth in the receiver position with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. And then last, you look at the Chargers. I know you've had your success against Justin Herbert, but but he's eventually going to figure you out. And they got Herbert, and they got Keenan Allen, just signed Mike Williams. So it's either what the Patriots got to do. They got to either re-sign J.C. Jackson or go out and get a receiver if this team wants to be a Super Bowl contender, wants to be a Super Bowl contender in the AFC. Yeah, I absolutely agree with everything you said. And um... – Michael's comment. Colts are trading Carson Wentz to watch it for a package of picks that is thought to include two third round picks. Sources tell ESPN. Wow, really? wow, so, wow, 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 quick. wow. Let me let me let me just let me just check. You can go yeah, over I'm the Patriots. Sure let, me, let me just check. Let me just check. Yeah, I'll house. kind of yeah, as you check for that, I will talk about the Patriots. Again, JC Jackson. I thought maybe because you know they got rid of um Stephon Gilmore that they would be um that they would sign JC Jackson. I guess not you know they don't want to get in the bidding war with them yeah i just don't get it you know you don't have tom brady kind of help you fill all these holes around and you know again you have cap space and i just again it it, again our number one wide receivers right now would be jonathan george and jalen mills who i know jalen mills played better at the end of towards last season but jalen mills is not number one um you know again i i don't understand the Patriots. Um, I, again, I guess I cannot not like. Um, I guess I, I have to kind of, you know, trust Bill in the process. But again, at, at some point, you got to pay somebody. Yeah. How long? How long do you keep trusting Bill in this process? How long do you keep doing that? It's been three years since they won a playoff game, and the and this year in the playoffs. By the end of the year, yes, this team went on a seven game winning streak. But by the end of the year, this looked like more. This looked more like an average football team. Than a Super Bowl contender, and I'm telling you, if they don't come back with J.C. Jackson and they do nothing to address to address anything at the receiver position, they're, they're or they, and they don't go out and make a strong push for Amari Cooper or even try to sign Allen Robinson, they're probably going to be an average team next year. No, absolutely. You know, with this division, I, you know, Bills. I you know. at least at least they're not in the West where they have to worry no. about all those teams. At least they they yeah. play. At least the Dolphins helped them by firing Flores, and at least they could they could keep beating the Jets. But if you're going to compete with the Bills. 
and, and by the end of the year, they might have won the division by one game, but they looked like a much better team of the Patriots because they had skill. They had a good quarterback in Josh Allen. They had an outstanding skill, skill guy in Stephon Diggs, and their defense is good. And Michael hit the nail on the head there. The Pats mm-hmm. also need to draft better because yes, their yeah. poor drafting is what ran Tom Brady out of there. Drafting right. Nikhil Harry over Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, and D.K. Metcalf is absolutely inexcusable. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. It's, it's you know, this team just, yeah, you know, and you have a point of, because, yeah, they just, again, they did not, they were just totally overmatched by the Bills in that playoffs. Um, and they play the AFC North. That's kind of their, um, right, bleed. Joe Burrow, um, Joe Burrow, you played you play Josh Allen twice, you got Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson, and then you got to play Aaron Rodgers. Uh, luckily, yeah. it's at home. Uh, no, Aaron Rodgers no, in, in, in his house, in his house. So look, look at look at what you got next year. And if you, if you want to sit here and say, oh, our system, our system is going to get us through. It's not going to get you through. It's going to get you eight or nine wins, and you're going to be watching the postseason at home. Yeah, yeah. And that crossover game for us, too, is at Arizona. Now, and that's another quarterback. I know, I know you'll pick the Patriots because you hate Cliff Kingsbury. But yeah. still, that's another good quarterback you're facing. Yeah, and that they should have beat us last year at home. And, yeah, Cliff kind of threw that game away. But, yeah, you know, again, we go to Vegas. You know, Josh, you know, you know, Josh McDaniels and be all fired up for that game. You know, I, I love Bill as a head coach. Michael could He's, not have said that better himself. His drafting is terrible. Yeah. It's it terrible. Bad. And he's and he do, and he can't keep doing it because he doesn't have the greatest quarterback of all time t- to cover for him. Yeah. No, he doesn't. You know, again, I really like Mac. I hope Mac kind of turns into again a star. But it's tough to kind of, again, not everybody's Tom Brady and kind of just work with the pieces you give them where, yeah, as you mentioned, not to have a Jamar Chase. Again, can they bring in that Alabama receiver that is like, you know, the Jamar Chase was to um to um oh my, to uh, Joe Burrow this year? Like, could you know, can something like that happen? Again, I, I would love to see something like that happen. It, it, you know, like, at John Mechie, you know, again, I don't think it would be as good as Chase, but it'd be something – you know, I think that's a big thing. They need somebody. They, they need a number one, one wide receiver. They need that. Yeah, as you mentioned, again, you look at all these teams offensively. The Builders score a lot of points. The the Bengals score a lot of points. You know, the Titans, I, you know, I, I know they have a lot of time around them, but they could still score. You know, again, in the 14s, AFC West, you're going to have to keep up with these teams. And, again, you lose a guy like J.C. Jackson, it really, really hurts. And then not to really upgrade offensively. Yeah, you're going to take a step back. Again, I know again, it, you know, we should be able to beat the Dolphins hopefully this year. But in the Jets, but yeah, our, our schedule's not easy. And, you know, you, you need some guys around them. And, you know, it's just it, – it is frustrating at times. And, you know, because, yeah, you, you got to base somebody. I thought because we got rid of Gilmore, that meant we were keeping J.C. Jackson. But that doesn't seem to – Jameson Williams might be there 21 and – yeah, you know, that'd be a nice one. I don't know if he'll be ready for um, week one. But, again, that's somebody, like, in a year or two, maybe by the midway point, I'd be totally okay with having a Jameson Williams, a speed guy, deep deep um, downfield threat. I, I'd be okay with Jameson Williams as well. Yeah, we'll see there. We'll see what the Patriots do, and we'll see what the Patriots do next week because that's going to be critical for them if they want to be a Super Bowl contender going into the 2022 season. But we got to get to the breaking news, and the Colts are trading Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders for a two third-round picks and for, for, for two third-round picks. And I think, you know, this is an upgrade for Washington. Even though Carson Wentz isn't a great quarterback, 
this is an upgrade for the Washington for the, for the Washington Commanders. I, it's, it, I mean, it may, it may not be their long term solution, but this is definitely an upgrade for the Commanders. I I think with Ron Rivera and with the, this isn't good for me as a Giants fan because I think I think Carson Wentz is definitely Carson Wentz isn't great, but he's definitely better than uh than than Taylor Heineke. I think if Chase Young could get back, could find his form. If uh, that front four can get back to playing the way they are, they got two really good weapons in uh, in Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. They definitely need a second, another guy outside of Terry McLaurin. Curtis Samuel cannot stay healthy uh, last year, so I think they still need another guy. Their offensive line is decent, so I, I think you know the, the big question is: is I don't, I still don't think the Commanders are Super Bowl. Con- I, don't, I definitely don't think the Commanders are Super Bowl contenders. But can the Commanders win the NFC East with Carson Wentz as their quarterback? Right now, I don't think they can, but I, I wouldn't be shocked because of because of the coach, Ron Rivera. I think he's a better coach than Mike McCarthy, and I think he, they have the best coaches division. I think they have a chance to win the NFCs with Carson Wentz as their quarterback. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me. Um, you know, Wentz. I the one worry is like again, he's getting traded again for the second time in twelve months. Like, you know, where's kind of his his head at? You know, mentally and all that. Because um, it's kind of been a tough road for him lately. But yeah, it, again, we kind of mentioned the the. Um, you know, with the Cowboys schedule, it's, theirs isn't bad. Like, I'm looking at it right now. It's at Detroit. They go to Houston. Again, I know we may, you know, sounds like we, you know, watch them. We may kind of figure Deshaun Watt what that kind of is going on soon. He has a solid game manager. The defense, gonna, the defense is going to be the key. The defense, the, that front, they want to be better than the Cowboys and the Eagles. That front four has got to be as good as it's hyped up to be. Chase Young has got to look like the guy they took with the number two overall pick. Last year, because – his rookie year, he was pretty good. Last year, he had a down year. He needs to look like that guy if the Commanders are going to get to the playoffs and win that division. Because I do think the Commanders, if that if they have, if their defense is a top ten defense and Carson Wentz manages the game, they could be a nine ten win team that wins that division. Oh, absolutely, they can. Their schedule is not daunting either. You know, they get Atlanta at home too, Jacksonville at home, you know, um, Tennessee, Cleveland at home. Like you know, you know, that San Francisco is going to be tough. They go to Indy too, so another kind of revenge tour there for uh, Carson Wentz. But yeah, no, I think in that division, again, I don't, you know, we'll see kind of what the Giants do this offseason. We'll see the Eagles are a playoff team, but like, could they be something like the Eagles where they kind of just go nine and eight? But, 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 they... but were the Eagles even really a playoff team last year? I think a big reason why they no. made the playoffs was yeah, that's... because because Seattle didn't have Russell Wilson for a good amount of time. They really in the playoffs didn't look like a playoff team. No, they didn't. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I'm basically like, could they just kind of? I know they're they're better probably than what the Eagles were. But like, could they be something like the Eagles where they just beat everybody they're supposed to win like nine, ten games, kind of sneak in a wild card? That you know, um, I, I think Washington could do that. Just get you know, can they just take advantage of their schedule? I think it's very possible. As you meant, Ron Rivera is a great coach. Again, I like Antonio Gibson in the running game. I think you know that could get better. Um, it's yeah, that defense is really really good. I think it's gonna keep them a ton of games and. I think Washington's right there with Dallas. Again, I, that schedule gets tough. The Amari Cooper news, who knows? So I, I kind of do like Washington. As, yeah, you mentioned, can they get another wide receiver? I think it's big, but I, I do like it. Carson Wentz kind of knows the division. And, you know, again, it's kind of revenge for him against the Eagles. And I, I we'll see if the, the Washington's the team that can kind of figure him out. But it's definitely an upgrade. Yeah, and, and Michael said Chase Young's uh, ACL is going to be huge. Yes, they need yeah. they passed on Justin Herbert to draft Chase Young. They need Chase Young to be that guy. They need they need and and he also says once familiar with these, but they need yeah. Chase Young to be to be that to be that guy, uh, to be that 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 pass rusher that's at least at least you know 
I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's going to be, you know, if he's going to be Miles Garrett, if he's going to be, uh, if he's going to be TJ Watt, if he's going to be Nick Bosa, but he needs to at least have, at least have him be as good as, you know, to be, they at least got to have him be like a top 10 pass rusher. Yeah, absolutely. Especially again, I think, and I think he can get to that level. And then you got Montez Sweat on the other side who had a really good year as well. Um, you know, which I think, you know, could kind of help. But, you know, with those two can, yeah, can get it going. It, it, I think, yeah, Young's is kind of the big thing because especially – I can only think that secondary is only going to get better this offseason after the – you know, I, I assume that's another probably area to upgrade because that pass rush is huge. And, again, they get better in that secondary, you know, um, a, as well with Chase Young hopefully kind of developing. Again, yeah, coming off the ACL, ACL I know – Kind of never know, but I think, yeah, I again, you kind of saw what he did at Ohio State. I think he's got all the talent in the world. I think if he could put it all together, I think he's going to be a terrific player. I think he could get to that Miles Garrett level. And I think if he can, yeah, then Washington su- surprised a lot of people. Yeah, Carson Wentz probably not going to win you a Super Bowl, but I def- totally think he can get you to a playoff, you know, win you a playoff game or two. Yeah, and it's and, and they said familiar with the division, very familiar. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's went, went up against the Giants, he's went up against the Eagles. He obviously played for the Eagles, and he's went up against the Cowboys a bunch of times. So familiarity in the division. Uh, if the front four can get back to where they are, this team has a shot to win the division. Because if if you look at it, for, as we said, the Cowboys are probably going to be worse with Amari Cooper. So yes, the the Commanders do have a shot to win the division, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, I do too. Um, I, I think they're a nine-win, nine-ten-win team. I, again, I probably quit the Cowboys at nine-ten wins as well. So Washington is paying the full twenty-eight million uh, due to Carson Wentz this year, which includes a five million dollar roster bonus due next week. Yeah, I mean that that's going to hurt. That's going to hurt them cap wise. Yeah. But I think they, they had they, they, it's not Russell Wilson, but they improved no. at the quarterback position for them to get in position to make the playoffs. Yeah, no, absolutely. I They did, and I think that's what they need to do. Again, the last couple of years, they just have not been able to find it. You know, Heineke was, you know, a great story, and he was okay, but he was nobody that was going to lead you to the playoffs. So, yeah, you know, um, we'll see. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll see kind of what happens there with um, Wentz. I think, yeah, the good move by Washington to absolutely, absolutely upgrade the quarterback position. Yeah, so we'll wrap up talking about Calvin Ridley. And, and two days ago, this was like the biggest story in the NFL. He got suspended for the entire 2022 season due to uh, betting on NFL games. And I think he should be suspended. Unfortunately, he's had mental health issues. I think the guy, unfortunately, needs help. And, and he does and he does because he's, it's so sad because he's so talented. And I hope he gets the help. And I and I hope uh, and I hope he comes back in, uh, in, in 2023 and, 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 and he gets the help. Yeah, absolutely. And I see Michael's comment. Yeah, let's, let's, let's go into that. That's okay. my bad for missing that. The Colts, what do they do next at the quarterback position? I think Jimmy Garoppolo oh, makes yeah. a ton of sense there now, even though I don't think the Colts roster is as good as the Niners roster. And I and I I, I don't think – I think the Colts are going to be worse. I know the division's not as is not as difficult, but I think the Colts are – that does not make the Colts a Super Bowl contender. But it's, it's, it's another year where Chris ba- – but it's just a year where the Colts at least have to make the playoffs for Chris Ballard and uh and and Chris for Chris Ballard and uh and and Frank Wright to keep their jobs. If they can get into the playoffs with Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe not, you know, extend them, but if they can get into the playoffs with Garoppolo, it, it at least keeps uh Chris Ballard and Frank Wright in Indianapolis. Yeah, absolutely. I think Jimmy G is a perfect fit for that team now. It's a it's a division where I think the Jaguars are gonna get better. You know, I, I Colts I mean, uh, you know, Titans, I think, are still going to be right there. Again, we'll kind of 
you know, Watson situation sounds like maybe kind of will be resolved by then. So who knows? Maybe he's back on that roster. Who knows? He's traded. Who knows? So it, it's a division where it, they absolutely could still finish second. They should. They should be able to get the nine, ten wins. You bring in a guy like Jimmy G. There's some talent around because they still healthy. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor just had a terrific year, and you know for that running game. So I think Jimmy G would fit really well. It's a big year for him. The Colts, you know, Ballard's been a pretty good drafter. So could they, you know, find enough around them in that team to kind of, you know, make him good enough? And I think you know, it's a team that should find a way to sneak into the wild card if you add a guy like Jimmy G in there. And he's yes. good, more than capable to lead in the wild card game. I think there's three options for the Colts. It's Jimmy G. It's trading for Derek Carr. See if this is it's trading for Derek Carr, Jimmy G, or Jordan Love. I think those are the three options for the Colts. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, uh, absolutely. I think you know those are. Again, I don't think you know. I know it was mentioned earlier. I don't know about Ellinger. I didn't like the final year he played at Texas. I just there's too many inconsistencies with him. Yeah, Carr. You know, it sounds like you know McDaniel wants to keep him, but totally an option they could. You know, if the Raiders kind of get enough for him, maybe they get they trade him. So, yeah, and, and Love. Do they, you know, potential or the Jimmy G's an um, Eastern Illinois alum like myself? I went to uh, Eastern Illinois right after Sean Payton. Okay, yeah. So they've had some some success in football there with Romo and uh, Jimmy G. I know the last few years I don't think they've been that good, but they they've had some success come through there at uh, Eastern Illinois. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean Tony Romo and then Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, they've they, they, they've definitely had a little bit of success there. But the point is. Uh, this is the fifth consecutive year the Colts are going to with, with since Chris Ballard and uh, this is the sixth straight year where the Colts are going to no fifth, fifth straight year where the Colts are going to have a different starting quarterback since uh, since Frank Wright and uh, Chris Ballard have been together. 2018 it was Andrew Luck. 2019 it was Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett. 2020 it was Philip Rivers. Last year was Carson Wentz, and this year it's it, 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 we'll see who it is. If it's Jimmy Garoppolo, if it's uh, Derek Carr, if it's Jordan Love, we'll see who it is. But regardless of who it is. They have to be. They have to have a winning season. They have to have a winning season. If they have a losing season, they're both going to be gone because Ballard could not could not figure out the could not get a quarterback here, and Frank Wright was supposed to be an offense. It was supposed to be good with quarterbacks. Couldn't develop a quarterback. So if they don't have a winning season this year, these two are out. Yeah, absolutely. I think they do. You know, again, Ballard drafted pretty well everywhere. Just they just have not figured out the quarterback spot. And that's a, obviously the huge thing in, in, in the NFL is kind of figuring out, you know, you need a franchise quarterback. They, they really haven't found it. That's insane. You know, I didn't even think about that. It, they've had, they've gone through a lot the last few years at quarterback. It's kind of been like, it's almost like the Broncos. I know kind of, they haven't had 11, but it's kind of been a revolving door. You know, whoever kind of fits there again, I think, you know, I, I think it's just kind of like the Broncos where it's like, they have the talent. They could just figure out the quarterback. They should be good enough to make the playoffs. And yeah, I think that's good enough to keep their jobs. Especially in a division that's not that bad at all. Again, I don't think Jack, you know, Jacksonville probably gets a little bit better, but it's a division. Your defense is good enough. It's a division where you should win nine, 10 games. And there's no excuses. You bring a guy like Jimmy G, they should totally be able to do that with, you know, especially the way it ended last year, too. I think it's kind of really sour note for that. Um, Colts yeah, are, they're letting Eric Fisher go, but Eric Fisher didn't have that good of a year yeah. last year. He was the reason why the Colts' offensive line wasn't as good. Anthony Costanzo, I think Costanzo retired and Fisher came in. Fisher didn't have that good of a year last year. The Colts, one thing you have to deal with is the Colts' offensive line isn't as good. It wasn't as good last year. Carson Wentz got sacked six times in that game where they didn't make the playoffs. So the Colts' offensive line is is, is, is not as good. That's something you have to live with. But if you go there, you got a stud running back in Jonathan Taylor, 
And and hopefully, if if like Jimmy G, if a Jimmy G signs there, they can improve that receiving core and they can get an edge rusher to make that roster even better, just like it was in San Francisco. Jimmy G is not going to win you games, but with the right pieces around him, he can get you to a Super Bowl. He proved that with the, with the 49ers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Colts and that division have enough to be able to do that. Yeah, they got to upgrade. Yeah, you mentioned wide receiver. The offensive line's got to get upgraded a bit. But yeah, I, I think, you know, there's, again, yeah, you get you give Jimmy G enough talent. He can win you games again. Yeah, once again, he's not going to be able to. He's a very good game manager. He'll he'll kind of again. He's not going to outscore anybody. Um, agreed. I'm not sure where they are in the cap. Um, I, think I think they, they say, were, I, I think they saved space getting rid of Wentz. I think that was the reason Probably. why they got rid of Carson Wentz. But I think they yeah. saved some space. I think they're in the middle cap space wise. I haven't checked that either. But yeah, but yeah. but still, but still. I mean, if you put the right roster, say you get Jimmy Garoppolo, you put the right roster around him. You could, as you proved in San Francisco, you can be a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think, you know, again, he's not going to outscore Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow probably. But, yeah, you know, again, you get a decent defense around him. You know, enough weapons, again, as you meant. Jonathan Taylor had a terrific season with that running game. You kind of saw what that was able, that running game kind of able to do for him. And he's a much better player when he's, when that, when his team's able to stop a running game, I think he's a much better quarterback. And I think he's, should be able to do that, or if Jimmy G does go to Indianapolis, he they should be able to do that with that running game with Taylor. I think they should be able to use play action off of them. Yeah, they get another wide receiver for him. I, I do think it's a team that again could be right there. Um, and, and battle you know with the Titans to see to try to get that division. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's gonna be interesting to see what the Colts do at quarterback. So we'll go back to Calvin Ridley. And I said it with him, he just he, he, he needs help, he needs he needs help. I mean, he'll be, he'll be, he won't play in 2022. So this is the time for him to get help. I think he should definitely should have been suspended. It's, it's stated right there in the CBA. You cannot gamble. You cannot gamble if you're a current player. It's stated right there in the CBA. So I think he deserved the suspension. Hopefully he gets help and hopefully he is back. He is back in 2023 because you definitely want to see him playing football. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in, in the NFL, like everything that the NFL's again, the, all the news that's breaking here in like the first, second week of March, like the only thing the NFL really, Again, the NFL, they got to, you know, like the only thing that could really destroy the NFL right now is the integrity of the game. And if you guys get betting on the games, you know, that could destroy it. And I, you know, Goodell kind of laid the foot down. And I saw too, NFL players can bet on any other sport. Like they're not like, like, and, and again, so if you really, really wanted to bet, why don't you bet? Baseball or NBA or NHL or college football? College, he could have bet on any other sport and been okay. You know, and then they use his name too to like sign up and make the bets. Like you don't have a like, it just kind of seemed really, really dumb on his part. Yeah, you know, again, it's a good move that NFL to think Goodell to kind of put their foot down here. Again, that's like the one thing that could really hurt the NFL is the integrity of the game because again, we've talked over an hour here of all the NFL news, and it's March 9th. Like that's the exactly, one thing yeah. that could kill the NFL. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, it should be interesting, all this NFL news. We'll be talking next week, the start of free agency. We'll be definitely talking about that. But we got Championship Week in college basketball uh, this week. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. Do you have a 401K and some savings for future retirement, but don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? How often are you thinking about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies in the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. 
We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident in your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website and give us a call at 860-430-5397. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Raymond James Financial Services Advisors, Inc. JPEX Financial Group, LLC is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. JPEX Financial Group is located at 78 Eastern Boulevard, Glastonbury, Connecticut. All right, we got championship week in college basketball. Obviously, you know, we saw some of the small conferences. Well, you've been probably enjoying some of those tournaments. Uh, and obviously there was the West Coast Conference Championship last night with Gonzaga and St. Mary's. But we we got to get to the we got to get to the big conferences, the power the power six the, the top conferences, the power six conference conferences. And we got to start with the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden this week. UConn, they played in the Big East tournament last year, but it's the first time they're going to be playing in the Big East tournament with fans. I mean, they finished the season 22 and 8. I think it was 13 and 6 in the Big East. Uh, they went up third in the conference. As they were in preseason, they were picked for second. They 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 they, uh, they they finished in third in the conference. And going into this tournament, it looks like they're going to match up with Seton Hall on a, on 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 Thursday night in the late in the uh, really late game, the nine thirty game. And I think their, their matchup with Seton Hall, I I I, th- I think they I think they win the game with Seton Hall. Seton Hall doesn't have they don't have their best player, right? Is he still he can, hurt? Yeah, he's still out. Yeah, he's still out. I mean, they got to contain Roden. Uh, and uh, I think I think I think they're the better team. I do think they beat Seton Hall, but the issue is they got to play Villanova Friday night. I know they have the advantage with Sanago, but I think they win eight game. They beat Seton Hall on Thursday and then lose to Villanova Friday night. Yeah, UConn, um, Seton Hall. Yeah, most likely. I don't see uh, Patrick Ewing here finding uh, <laughs> any magic this year. No, poor guy. Poor guy. Oh, He's yeah. coming back. He's, He's coming back, back? after oh, losing yeah. every game in the conference. They're going to bring He's, him back. Oh yeah. He got an extension, I guess, after the Big East tournament victory last year. So he's coming they, they back. They can't bring him back. They cannot. They he's gotta fire him. They, they got to. They got to fire Patrick. He's going back. They got to he, he, he said too. He's not quitting. He's oh, coming no. back. No. So yeah, I know. But I, I like to confident himself. But yeah, I, I don't see him turning the, that place around anytime soon. Um, but yeah, going back to this game tonight or tomorrow night. Yeah, you know, Bryce Aiken, he got a concussion January 6th. He's still out, unfortunately. Um, so pretty severe concussion. The one thing right now I worry about UConn is Jordan Hawkins is still in concussion protocol, and Polly's been sick the last few days. So he's kind of – so they're going to need a bench. And, you know, they're going to have to be able to knock down some shots against Cian Hall. You know, last time they kind of got him on the boards there, but Cian Hall is – Pretty big with Kadari Richmond starting to blink guard. He's six five. Like they, they started a pretty big lineup and um you know, which could be problematic. But uh, and then they got a guy like Alexia Yetna off the bench who can average eight and six. He's another big body guy. You know, um yeah, Michael Summit, yeah, yeah, they you know they announced uh you know, you only coming back next year. But yeah, you know, I, again, I think this this Seton Hall team could be tough out. I think they're in the tournament now. Like I know for a while they were kind of, but but they finished the season playing. They really had a big win on Saturday over Creighton. Yeah, that, that probably clinched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they they their last loss was back uh, at stores back on the 16th. They won six in a row to finish off. So tomorrow's gonna be a tough one again. First time you know UConn fans are gonna be partying all day. So again, I, that atmosphere is gonna be great tomorrow night. I do think they found a way to beat St. Hall, but it's not going to be easy. 
you know, they're, they're going to need to knock down some shots. Again, hopefully Polly and Hawkins will be able to go. But, um, so, you know, as a team that could get up, you know, they, they can get up and down to score the basketball. And their defense is pretty good. I know the numbers don't really seem like it, but they, they you know, Seton Hall's defense is, is, is pretty good. And, again, I, I imagine that Willard makes Sanago beat them, and he's probably going to pack it in on them and, you know, make, make other guys around them beat them. Who is the team in the Big East that is close or on the bubble that has to make a run in this tournament to get into the tournament? I think it's Xavier. You know, they, they last year or this year, they're two and six in February and March so far. Last year, they were one and seven. They've got to get Butler today. Again, if they can get Providence, who's if been they off get, the if, they get, if they get Providence, they're in. Yeah. They're, and they could get Providence. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's 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 the big, one of the biggest upsets of the tournament. No, me neither. That noon game on a Thursday, everybody in that building is rooting against Providence. So again, I, I could totally see it happening, and that that would be enough. Uh, that that would totally be enough for him to get in. And Xavier's kind of again, it just I don't know what it's been the last few weeks. It's not been consistent. Their defense is kind of taking a big step back. You know, Steele kind of need he's starting again. He's not going to get fired, but next year if they kind of lose today and lose tomorrow, they go to the NIT. He starts next year in the hot seat. So like this is a big week for Travis Steele here to kind of regains the confidence in the Xavier fan base here of kind of, you know, um, kind of, you know, stealing some confidence back into that fan base. So it, it's a big weekend. I think Xavier needs to get the first, again, I think they went today. They might be okay, but if you get Thursday or tomorrow, you're, 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 you should be in, you should be locked in. So we'll do our, we'll do our tournament. Uh, obviously we'll do our tournament prediction for the big East. Mine is uh, I got Villanova beating Marquette. And the reason I got Marquette going to the final is Justin Lewis is the player in the Big East. I don't think anybody can deny this. Is the player in the Big East with the most NBA upside. So I got Villanova beating Marquette. Who do you got in the, in the championship game? Who do you got in the championship game? And who do you got winning? I'm I got same as you. I love Marquette. Justin Lewis is a terrific player, and I got Nova. I think Nova knocks off UConn tomorrow night. I just Jay Wright again. I, they ain't losing that game uh, again at the Garden. That's again Friday night. UConn Nova is gonna be great. That happens. But yeah, Marquette right now. I like Shaka Smart again. Without um, with Nemhart playing for Creighton again, they didn't look great Saturday. It's been a jack high team. I like Marquette. They're starting to get it back going again. Um, I could see them knock off problems again. I think at some point problems looks got to catch up to them. And Marquette in their one meeting beat them by thirty three. So I think it'd be close this time. But I think Marquette's a tough matchup for Providence, and I think Marquette gets to the championship game as well. But Nova knocks them off. All right, we were gonna we're gonna stay in New York, talk about the ACC. But Michael, our listener, uh, is excited about the Big Ten and the SEC tournament. So you know what? We're gonna push the ACC back because that conference, you know, they, they don't need to be talked about right now. We can push them away. That conference is terrible. So we'll, we'll we'll talk about the best conference in college basketball next, and that's the Big Ten. And this is the best conference in college basketball. And I think the reason why it's the best conference is because of the players. I mean, you got Illinois with Kofi Coburn. You got Wisconsin with uh with with with, with Johnny Davis, a top, who's gonna be who could be very easily be a top ten pick. You got Jaden Ivey in Purdue. Who's who's uh who's gonna be a t- who's gonna be a top ten pick? You got Iowa with Keegan Murray. You got uh you got you know, obviously you got Ohio State with DJ DJ Liddell. You got you got a Michigan State with Tom Izzo who's who's outstanding. You got and then then you got you got a couple teams on the bubble with Michigan and Indiana. So uh, I think the Big Ten obviously the best conference in college basketball. Justin, out of these teams though, which team close close to the bubble or on the bubble needs to make a run in this tournament? I'm going to go with Rutgers. I, I know they got the ooh, double five. They're the number four seed. Steve Peichel's not going to be happy with you, the Bristol no. native. You're you're going number four seed in the toughest conference, and you think they have to make a run in this tournament. 
They're net 76. Like, again, you look at all the other bubble teams are at 30. Again, those three, and I, I don't know what, because the committee changes their thing every year. I don't know, like, again, that you lost to UMass, you lost to Lafayette, you lost to DePaul. Like, there's some bad losses there. I have them in, but I think that net rating may keep them out, and I think they're going to have to go on a run. I think Michigan and Indiana do too, but I think the easier path for is for Rutgers here at that four seed. You can knock off Illinois if they beat the first time. You know, again, that granted that was at the rack, but I I, I do like I love Steve Peichel. He's been he's done a heck of a job at Rutgers. I think they you know they got to go on a run. Yeah, Ron, you know, Michael mentioned. Well, he's at two. I've got Marquette in the Big East just because because they beat my yeah the not. He's a Illinois Illini, and then Rutgers is scary. Ron Harper is very good too. He's a guard that could take over a game. Do you agree that he's? You. Do you agree that he's a beast? I, he's pretty good. I, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of guards in that conference that are very good. There's a lot of guards that are very good in that league. But I, I, I think Rutgers. I think they got to win a couple games. It's going to be great if they can knock off Illinois, and I think they're feeling a lot better because the way they kind of played down the stretch pretty good again they just cannot win away from home and I, I think that could also kind of come back and, 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 and hurt them in the committee's eyes for me it's that Michigan Indiana game and that's basically an elimination game for me yeah. I think whoever loses that game is done and if Indi- I think Michigan if they win it I think they're in they're going to get in Indiana I think they have to win that game and they probably have to probably have to give Illinois a good game or beat Illinois to get into the tournament yeah absolutely I think Michigan yeah, I think they win they're in that'll be 18 to 13 their nets about 30 right now. They didn't, you know, big non-conference games. They didn't get any of those, but, you know, I, they got a couple big ones in the Big Ten, so I, I think they should be able to kind of fit in. They should get in there. Again, Indiana let a big one slip through their, their fingers on Saturday, not finishing off Purdue. That would have swept – they would have swept Purdue, which would have been a huge one for them, and I think that could come back and cost them. Again, that should be a great match with Trace Jackson Davis against Hunter Dickerson. Uh, should be a great matchup down low, but I totally agree. That that's an elimination game for either team. That starts off the day, I believe, two tomorrow. Eleven eleven. It does, no, 11 actually, there's an eleven a.m. game. There's a couple of eleven a.m. games. But, but yeah, that's um, gonna that's gonna be a big, big game to start the day between those two teams. Yeah, absolutely. That 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 totally is an elimination game for both those schools. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So who do you got in the final and winning it? I got I got uh Purdue beating Illinois. I think uh I think Illinois has got a kind of a Easier road that easier road than Wisconsin to get there. You know they play they play uh, Michigan or Indiana. I know it's a desperate team in the in the in the, in the quarters. Then the semi, I think they could beat Rutgers or Iowa, uh, but I do have Purdue, who I think is the most talented team in the Big Ten. I got them winning this conference with Jaden Ivey and Zach Eady. I got Purdue over Illinois. Who do you got in the final and winning it? Yeah, I'm with you. I got Purdue Illinois. I think Jaden Ivey, I think he's a John Moran. I, I think he's he's player comparison John Moran for me. I think at this point he's a little bit better three-point shooter than the Jawas at Murray, but he's a great guard, and I think that's what you need. And I, again, their their defense worries me, but I think they play good enough in, in this kind of and Johnny Davis is banged up here at his ankle Sunday. He should be good to go, but I don't know how healthy still he'll be. So I think Purdue knocks him off, and I like Illinois. I think they get Rutgers this time in the semis at that time in the matchup, and I think Kofi Coburn does enough. Curbelo is so Jacqueline Hyde, and I think, again, if he can be more, he can you know, play a little bit better, keep the turnovers numbers down. I think Illinois gets there. But I, I, I got – I um, I, I Purdue winning this. I had the Purdue winning the Big Ten. Um, don't really trust them defensively, but I think they get it done this weekend out in the Big Ten. 
righty, we will we will go to the uh, to the to the SEC. Uh, this is probably I'd say this might be the second best conference in college basketball this year. I mean, Kentucky getting Oscar Shibway, that was a big big that was a big pickup. Uh, Auburn getting Jabari Smith that was that was obviously a big pickup. Tennessee, Arkansas, LSU, and Bama they're all really good teams as well. So, uh, but which one of these teams, close or near the bubble, needs to make a run in this tournament to get into the tournament? I think that big one tomorrow at 11 a.m. Texas Florida. versus Florida. Yeah, yeah. It's elimination. I think right now both of them prior the the you know, next four out category. Again, the win won't put them in, but again, they probably got to you know whoever can get it. I think a and probably wins that game tomorrow. I like Buzz Williams again. I'm not a big Mike White fan. Florida's just been very up and down to me. And I think Florida has more talent. I mean, I think Appleby and a Castleton. Castleton's a really good. A really yeah. for a college player, he's a really good center. I like Appleby too. I think they have some talent where they should be a tournament team. They should not be. They should not be at the next four out in the NCAA tournament. If Billy Donovan's coaching that team, we know that that team's in the tournament. Oh yeah, absolutely. They're they're right there in the top four, top five in the SEC. Uh, they they have talent. I just when well, Mike White's just not a very good game coach. Again, they lost to a team like Texas Southern, you know, and they got totally dominated in that game, you know, at home. And then Quentin Jackson right now, and like I'm picking AM right now. Quentin Jackson's just playing really well. I think he had 31 the other day. Um, he, he's just shooting the ball really well. The junior guard out of Los Angeles. I, I really like the way he's playing right now for, for AM. And I think he's a difference maker that they knock off Florida tomorrow. Do they get um Auburn? Auburn's not played well, especially late away from home. I like Buzz Williams as a coach. I could see AM knocking off Auburn. This week, and again, they knock off Auburn. That should put them in the big dance. Yeah, I think I think one of these two teams, if they, I think obviously you said it. If one of these teams has to beat Auburn to get into the tournament, yeah, absolutely, they do. There's some work to do there, um, but yeah, I think as long you know, Florida's been Michael's comment. Florida's been so up and down. Absolutely, they just again, it's one week they kind of look good. The other, next week they kind of get throttled by somebody. It's just yeah, it's been a weird year for Mike White. He's kind of in the hot seat. I, I don't think he's getting fired this year, but again, stranger things have happened. It is the University of Florida. Again, you kind of saw it happen. Dan Mullen lost the locker room, very quickly got fired. So who knows? But yeah, I, you know, AM, um, AM and Florida, if they could, whoever can win that game tomorrow, I think does have a chance. I, again, I know I love Auburn, but their guard play, I think, is going to be the death of them in the tournament. And again, that's what you need to win in March. So I got in my final, I got uh, I got Auburn against Kentucky, and I got Auburn winning because they got the best player in the conference in Jabari Smith. Who do you got in your final? Who do you got winning it? I got our buddy, uh, John Calipari, knocking off Arkansas. Oh, 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 Arkansas. Yeah, with Note. Yeah. Note is a really good underrated player. Really, I don't know what his NBA future is, but he can score. He can, yeah, absolutely. He, he's good score. He's been on fire as well lately. They, Arkansas has played well. They have not played great away from the Bud Walton Center, but I think they're playing better than a lot of teams. And I can't stand Cal Perry. I know you can't either. But he, he, they can score this year. That's always his big issue is, is the offensive side of the ball. They can score. And I think Kentucky right now, they're one of my top top kind of favorites right now to maybe go on the run in March. But, yeah, I, I think Kentucky kind of wins this thing right now. I love the way they're playing. They can shoot the lights out. Arkansas, too, can shoot the lights out. Jalen Williams, who at the center spot. Um, Michael's who commented. I I can't stand Auburn. I can't stand Bruce Pearl either. I kind of have a future on Auburn. Uh, Tennessee don't lead out Tennessee. I haven't seen a ton of Tennessee this year, but they got a they got a guard who's a freshman who has some upside. Yeah, they're um yeah Tennessee's issue is it's is um it's shooting. Like again, they shot late out against Arkansas the other day, but like they they really have not shot the ball well. 
especially in conference play. And I think that worries me. Again, I'm not, yeah, I, I think Tennessee is a team that can make a run, but I just worry, can they shoot the ball? Yeah, Kenny Chandler, the uh, freshman, I think he's probably still going to go to the draft. I think he's probably first rounder. Then they had um, Ziegler as well, another another guy out of Long Island who played pretty well. He's like five foot nine, plays pretty well for his size. So I, I think, you know, Tennessee could definitely make a run. I love their defense. Again, I'm not a big Rick Barnes fan in the month of March. I'm just I'm just not. I think he's a very good break of season coach. I can't really take him in March. He just has not proved enough to me to really take him. But again, their defense, their guard play definitely could make a run. It would not shock me. Absolutely. 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 So we'll finally get to the ACC. I mean, the ACC the last couple of years has just been absolutely terrible. I mean, now they only have five teams in the tournament. And uh, but who is the team who needs to make a run? Who's on the bubble or close to the bubble needs to make a run in Brooklyn this week? I got Tony Bennett's uh, Virginia Cavaliers. Um, and actually, Mike, so Tennessee has the same problem with my Illini. They just have not put it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Tennessee, just Tennessee, Illinois, kind of the same kind of thing. The same thing. They just, yeah, they just need to put 40 minutes together for those for them. And I could see both those teams making a run. That's kind of been. One of the big issues uh, for both those teams this year. But going back to ACC, yeah, Jay Bills called it the granddaddy of them all this afternoon. Um, oh, oh, my God. Are you kidding me? And, and, and you know when it's, it's not the granddaddy of, a, of them all, when Syracuse is winning a game by 20 points. I mean, it was a good matchup. Uh, Florida State can't shoot the ball. But when Syracuse is winning a tournament game by 20 points, you know it's not the granddaddy of them all. No, they won a 96 of 55. They, they yeah, for, they, they get Duke tomorrow, but um, oh, yeah, that, and that'll probably be flipped the other way. Duke will probably win by thirty. Yeah, they 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 shoot they the they'll shoot the three like they did in both games. They'll shoot the three well, and Beheim won't adjust. No, no, he will not. He's I don't know the last time he's played man to man defense, but uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I again, Bill, there's nobody there at the Barkley Center. It's pretty sad, but yeah, you know, um, going back, I have Virginia. I think they'll probably they went tonight. They get North Carolina, which again they're coming off the high of just being Duke. They're somehow in the top twenty-five now. Which come on, people that again they they beat Duke like on the road, which yeah, I get, but come on, not the regular ACC. They really have not beaten anybody all year. I think that's a little bit too much. I still have them like the eight line, nine line, like no, a little bit too far. But I and Tony and Hubert Davis in a short kind of twenty-four hours kept ready for Virginia. I think. It's, it's going to be horrible for him. Maybe they overwhelm with the boards, but I really like Virginia. Virginia has the best upside. Duke is hands down the best team in the ACC. I, oh, I absolutely, agree. yeah, absolutely. You know, Khalil Clark, Khalil Clark, Jalen Gardner down low. That North, the East Carolina transfer has been really good. Um, I, I really like Tony Bennett. I think they figure it out again. I think they can knock off Notre Dame in the semi in the semifinal round. If they get there. Both teams match up. Um, because I like the way that Virginia kind of ended the season. I know they kind of lost um heartbreaker towards the end there, but um I, I like the way Virginia's kind of coming in and playing. I can't really bet right now against Tony Bennett, especially in this ACC. Um I I'll take Tony Bennett to kind of figure it out, and I think they win the ACC tournament. Oh wow, wow. So 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 we pretty much answered your question there. Uh who do who do I, for me? I'm going I'm going three matches of Saturday night, Duke, North Carolina. I don't I don't I don't love Herbert Davis, but I think he's good enough to get to the ACC final with the and I got Duke winning. So we know you got Virginia winning. Who do you got Virginia beat? I got the Dukies. Um I, I think again, I that's that was a funeral Saturday night for a team that again kind of looked like they lost the uh in the NCAA tournament. I think that's a team that comes in motivated. And I think they find a way to kind of get to the game. But I think Virginia 
playing with all the marbles. I think Tony Bennett outcoaches Mike Krzyzewski. I don't think Mike Krzyzewski does changes anything like he usually had not in the last five years. So I'll take Virginia to, to get by Duke. And Virginia, again, Virginia wins this thing. They, they are a bid stealer because I, I think they're not even probably in the next four. Out. Like They're probably like the next next four out cat, cat, conversation right now. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think I, – yeah, I think they probably have to get to the final to get to the tournament. But we go getting to the Big 12, uh, this conference, I mean, this has actually been a pretty good conference during the year. I mean, you got some good – you got Kansas, Baylor, Texas Tech, Texas, TCU, Iowa State, all clearly tournament teams. But I know this is hard. Who is a team that is – I don't know if there's anybody really that close to the bubble. Who close to the bubble or on the bubble has to make a run in this tournament? Yeah, like TCU safely in now. Iowa State, I believe, safely in. So, like, I'll say, like, you know, I think – so it's got to come down to Oklahoma, West Virginia – or Kansas State, I think the best out of those three that could win it um, would be Oklahoma. Yeah, like, and, they, the co- and they got your guy coaching them now, too. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They, they're they starting to play better. I, again, I think you bring in seven transfers and you just don't mesh well until the end. Like, they, they just haven't. And I think that's kind of the big thing with OU right now. Um, I'll, I'll take Iowa State. Uh, I would say I think they're in. I know their record 7-11 by Michael's comment, but I, I think they're safely in right now. I think they're okay. Um, they're, you know, again, they, you know, TJ Osberg has done a really good job with that program this year, coming off a two-win team. But I think Oklahoma's the one. I think they have the best chance out of those three to win it. I don't think they will. But Tanner Groves, you kind of saw what he did last March. Kind of goes on a run here, gets hot. Very possible Oklahoma may be a, a bid seal this weekend. So for the final, I'm going chalk. I'm going Kansas over Baylor just because Kansas has probably – Arguably the best player in the country in Ojabi. I get Texas Tech over Kansas. I really like Texas Tech. Of Kevin course, you always take Texas Tech. I like Mark Adams. I, I really like the way they're playing. They're, Kevin McCullough has been battling ankle injury, but it sounds like he should be good to go this weekend. And I, I like their defense. They got a lot of senior leadership. You know, I, I you know Terrence Shannon's um, the really good player. Bryson Williams down low as well. Baylor starting to play better. As well, I, again, I think they're playing for one seed this weekend. Kansas Bill Self are going to run. I can't trust Bill Self ever. I, okay. I have well, not. We'll worry about that next week. We'll worry about that mm-hmm. next week if Kansas and Bill Self are going to go on a run. We got. Yeah. We don't have time to debate that this week. No, I, yeah, but um, I, I got Tech beating Kansas. I, I like Texas Tech. I'll take Mark Adams or Bill Self as a coach. I don't trust Kansas defense whatsoever. Yeah, Kansas probably is the best player in the conference, but I'll, I'll take, uh, I'll take Tech to knock them off. All right, lastly, we'll talk Pac-12. This is the conference that I have watched the least this year because the games are on way too late. Uh, but, uh, and obviously, there's really only three good teams, I feel like, in the conference, Arizona, UCLA, and USC. But if there's – this is like the Pac-12. If there's any team that's clo- that's even remotely close to the bubble or on the bubble, who is, who is that team that needs to make a run? I get Colorado this week. I got him at the four seed. Um, so I assume you did not hear Bill Self. I mean Bill Walton. Nine, nine. He's got nine teams in the Pac-12. Arizona State, two games under five hundred is under consideration. And and, and Bill Self. Bill Bill Walton's kind of bracketology. Wow! Wow! Um, wow, wow! Thank yeah, God he's uh, not select. Thank God he's not on the committee. No, no. You'd have all twelve Pac-12 teams in there. Oregon State, uh, three-one team would be in the playing round. Is it funny that former Illinois coaches are successful in the Big Twelve? Yeah, you know. Uh, they'll still have a nice run there at that, uh, at, at Kansas and yeah, Kansas, um, and then Weber as well. At uh, then yeah, Bruce Weber, I guess they kind of fallen off the last few weeks, but he'd done a nice job at Kansas State a couple years ago. But I think Tyler, they won seven eight. I really like Tad Bull. 
Um, their head coach, I think they solid one. They just knocked off Arizona at home a couple weeks ago. Jabari Walker's seven of the last nine games, he's averaged at least 20 points and and um and and you know 10 rebounds a game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I really like um Pat, I really like um I really like Colorado right now. I think they can knock off Arizona again. Another team to watch out for is Washington State. I really like Kyle Smith. I think he's one of the better head, young head coaches in this um, in the country. He's got a lot of shooters. They're starting to kind of shoot the ball really well. Just dismantled Oregon the other day. I could see them possibly going to run as well, but I feel a lot more confident in Colorado. And it's a team that's really figuring out. They still have um, Evan Beatty as well there. And I, I do like the uh, Buffalo this weekend. In the final, I'm going chalk. I got Arizona over, U, over UCLA. Who do you got in the final? Who do you got winning it? I got Colorado versus UCLA. I do wow. have I got UCLA winning it though. I think Big Corona figures it out. Um, you know, they're starting to get healthy. They're starting to play play better than with Booth the other night. I really think USC just might be the Pac-12 team. They went on a run last year. I could I USC's been so up and down. It's some complicated big games, they just haven't shown up and others they've looked they they've looked, they they've kind of held their own. So USC to me, I've kind of been up and down on them. I don't know what I'm gonna get out of the Trojans. Uh, Andy Hatfield's a pretty good coach. I do like him. I could see them going to run this tournament, but I think UCLA's got a little bit more talent than the Trojans do. I'll take Mick Cronin and, and it's Bruins to get it done this weekend. Alrighty, we're gonna go to In and Out. Justin, I'm, I picked ten teams, and Justin's gonna tell us if they are right now, currently right now, if they are in the tournament or out of the tournament. And we'll start out of the AAC. Memphis, nineteen and nine overall, thirteen and five in the AAC. In or out for Memphis. I got to admit, since Emmanuel Bates has left the team, they've won 11 out of their last 12. Their net's 35. They're playing really, really well right now. And I I, I think the Tigers win the American Conference where I don't even think they're going to have to worry about this. Penny's kind of figured it out with their defense. They're going to force a lot of turnovers with their press. I like Memphis. I got them in right now. Michigan, 17 and 13. We previously talked about them. We talked about the Big Ten. 17 and 13, 11 and 9 in the Big Ten. Right now, Michigan in or out? I got them in at the moment. I got them the last four in. Their net's 31. That's a pretty good rating to be right now. Again, as we mentioned, it comes down to can they be Indiana or not tomorrow morning? Um, they've been very jug high. They'll get Juwan Howard back. I think you know, Michigan, they win tomorrow. I think they are in. They lose. I think uh think they're probably looking at an IT bid. Xavier, obviously we talked about them. We talked about the Big East. 18 and 12 overall, 8 and 11 in the conference. Xavier in or out? I got them last four in as well right now. They're net 36. Again, they're two and six in this February, March right now. They got to be Butler today. Probably get Providence to really feel safely in. They win today. They should be okay. But Xavier right now, they I, I like teams that are playing well coming into March. They're not, but they got to kind of show me something today and tomorrow that. They, they can get in. Um, right now, though, they, they are in the last four for me. Wyoming, 24-7 and seven overall, 13-5 and five in the Mountain West. In or out for Wyoming? I have them barely in. I had barely in the last four like without a bye. Their net's 45 right now. They're kind of back. They're not playing great. They've lost their, – they're three and four in the last seven. They play UNLV tomorrow, which should be a really good game. UNLV's on fire. Kruger's done a great job there in year one. I hope this Wyoming team gets in with Graham eight. Um, I think he's a 
beast down low. But I, right now I have them in. But, again, they lose tomorrow to UNLV, and I think they're probably going to NIT, going to the NIT. Rutgers, your favorite team. Uh, 18 and 12 overall, 12 and 8 in the Big East. Rutgers in or out? I have them out, like in the lot or first four out. It's just the net raking. And I think, I know they were playing really well. And I think I should probably overvalue the teams that they've kind of beaten that they've lost. Um, but the rate, the net raking at 7,600, again, that, again, I don't think there's ever been somebody that high to get in, you know, at, at you know, on the bubble that's got a net rating of 76. I don't know if it's Rutgers and B would be that team. Um, they, they can win a game if they can get to the semifinals or yeah, if they can get to the semifinals. They knock off Iowa again. I think that should, you know, we get to the championship game. They should be enough to get the mix. I think they get to 20 wins and that should be enough for, and that would obviously be enough for Rutgers to get in. Uh, SMU 22 and seven overall 13 and four in the AAC SMU in or out. I have them barely in last four right now. Nets of 49, which isn't bad, but for them, you know, they split with Houston, you know, um, they can get Memphis. I mean, yeah, they get Memphis in the semifinals. They can knock off Memphis there. I think they're, I think they're pretty much in. I think they can get to that championship game, face Houston again, win or lose. I think that should be enough for them to get into the tournament. They lose to Memphis, and I think there's probably sweating it out there for 24 hours down in Dallas. And Tim Jankovic, they do not. This is a big week for him. He did not make the tournament. I don't think he's coming back to SMU. Uh, Indiana, 18 and 12 overall, 9 and 11 in the Big Ten, in or out. For them, for me, um, I right now have them out. They're two and seven in the last nine games, and their net rankings are 44. They just lost to Rutgers, at, um, you know, as well. Another kind of bubble game for them. They got they just let that game against Saturday against Purdue kind of slip through their fingers as well. I think that's going to hurt. They get Michigan. I think you know they're 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 okay. Um, they should be able to get in. They can get Michigan, or probably they may have to win again on Friday, but maybe enough for them. They can just get Michigan. It's gonna be close for them. I, again, I think it's much easier if they can get to get to Saturday. I think Indiana should be feeling a lot better by themselves. BYU twenty-two and ten overall, lost in the quarterfinals of their conference tournament. In or out for BYU. I got them out, unfortunately. I like this BYU team. They're a fun team to watch, but they again, I think it's going to hurt, too, that they lost to Utah Valley in a Pacific who only had, like, five or six wins. I think that's going to come back to play. Though. They've had some injuries, too, down the stretch. They had to beat San Francisco, I feel like. I think they had to get to the semifinals. You know, they, they look good. They, they, they split with St. Mary's. They got swept by um, Gonzaga. I think uh, San Francisco swept them as well. I think it's a team. Or I think it's a team that's out. They they would need a ton of help, and I don't know if it's still going to be enough. They're yeah, they're going to need a ton of help. I got BYU out at the moment. Dayton twenty two and nine in the A ten. No, twenty two and nine overall. Fourteen and four in the A ten. Dayton in or out? They got some work to do. I feel like in the in the A ten tournament coming this weekend, their nets of fifty two. They got some good wins with some bad losses. Like they beat Kansas, but then uh, you know they turn around. Um, they lost to, like, Lipscomb. I think UMass Lowell knocked them off as well. You know, I, I have them out right now. They just did beat Davidson. They did split with VCU. You may get that um, a chance to play them again. That would be huge. I think they need to get the A-10 championship game. And they, you know, kind of get there because they would have they would have to beat VCU again. Um, 
you know, they may still even have to win it, the thing, but then they get to the championship game, depending on what happens. I think they're, they're sitting there. There's a, there's a chance they could play a home game too um, on Tuesday or Wednesday in the first four. Yeah. Well, that'd be interesting. If they do, if they play a game at Dayton, that'd be interesting. Last team, Virginia tech, 19 and 12 overall, 11 and nine in the ACC in or out. I got them out right now. Um, I know they're playing tonight. They're nets at 37, but again, they just they they have one quad one victory and they just lost to Clemson. They on Saturday, they get the rematch tonight against them, but then it comes down to they lost to Xavier's on the bubble, they lost to Memphis, who's on the bubble. That could see something. I believe Dayton beat them too on the bubble. If Dayton or SMU too beat them on the bubble, like again, those head to heads are gonna come down, could beat the um, could haunt the Hokies if they don't make a run here. I got them out right now, especially in the ACC. It's not really good. Um, I, I think they got to go on a run. I think they got to get to the ACC championship game to be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I think I think they uh, they definitely have to win in the core. I think they definitely have to get to the semi. I think they have to definitely. They obviously have to win tonight. They got to beat Notre Dame, and I think they got to get into that semifinal against North Carolina and probably have to beat North. As you said, they probably have to beat North Carolina to get into the tournament. So that was in and out. We'll see what happens on Selection Sunday. We're all pumped up for it. Six o'clock uh, uh, Sunday night. It's, it's, it's here. March Madness is back. It's going to be great having the fans back in March Madness. So we're really, really excited about that. And we'll definitely be talking about that next week. But we got to wrap up the show talking about uh, the t- uh, two teams that had that big trade uh, about a month ago. And now they will play in Philadelphia on uh, on uh, on tomorrow night. Uh, and the big question is, I mean, I think I, I, th- I think it's going to be a great game between the two teams, between with Kyrie, as you saw he did last night, dropping 50, Kyrie and Durant going up against Harden and and uh, and Embiid. So it's going to be a great game between those two teams. But the big question is, are these the two best teams in the East when they're healthy? I, when I got the Sixers in the Heat. I think the Heat are better than the Nets are. You know, I think for the Nets, as I think about it, they're going to be in a playing game. I really like the way the Heat are playing. Victor Aldipo just came back the other night. He played well in the 15 minutes he got. He scored 11 points. I like the Heat's defense. I like that organization. I like Eric Spolzer as a coach. I think the Sixers are the best team. And then I think number two, the Heat. I just – I don't really like the Nets. I just uh, – they're still not playing great. I don't trust them defensively. I like I like the Sixers and the Nets – or Sixers and the Heat. I think those are the two best teams right now in the Eastern Conference. I still think, and say they change the vaccination rules in New York, if they do, and I'm assuming they do, they will. I like the Sixers and the Nets just because if you're drafting a, if you're if you're drafting a team, uh, I mean, if between the Nets and the Heat, uh, you're obviously taking Durant first. Talent wise, you're probably. I mean, obviously, I take right now. I probably would take Butler over Kyrie, but talent wise. I'd probably take Kyrie over Butler. So Kyrie and Butler are close. So I think I'm definitely taking the Nets over the Heat. And so I, th- I think when healthy, these are the two best teams in the conference. And now the, the other story going into this game is Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons is not going to play in this game, but he's going to be on the bench. Those Philly fans are going to give it to him. That's what's going to be interesting about tomorrow night when these two teams play. It's those Philadelphia fans are going to give it to Ben Simmons. And I wouldn't be surprised magically if he's even back playing against the Knicks – on the 13th no it sounds like he's a setback so they don't know when he's gonna come back now so i think it's a big thing yeah but tomorrow night it that's gonna be a wild um again philly fans have been known to be very uh vicious so uh, again i don't think that's gonna be a welcoming sign tomorrow that should be an interesting one too bad he can't play be kind of fun to debut with the nets playing that game but um yeah i just it'll be a fun one tomorrow night you know 
yeah, Sixer fans are going to absolutely let him have that. They have it tomorrow night. He's going to be hearing a lot of boos. Absolutely. 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 So that's going to wrap it up on Sports Talk with RJ. For our producer, Chase Garcia, doing a great job. For Justin Nafrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about free agency in the NFL and the NCAA tournament. Have a great weekend, everyone. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley. And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone. Your best ability is availability. Saquon Barkley, he's great when he's on the field, but the problem is since 2018, he hasn't been healthy for this team. Look at this, they lob it to me. Taps it in off the glass. How about that? Porter Moser, I think right now, is the best coach of college basketball. Hands down. Finch, two for three, he's done his part. Pitch is drilled to deep right field toward the poles, and it is gone. They don't mind not being what they were in the 90s as the best organization in baseball, because the Yankees are not they're even close to the best organization in baseball. They're trying to be the race, and the race do this for a reason. Like, you're the Yankees. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Man. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.